Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 18. Oh, stretch. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 18 of the Create More podcast with me, Ben Stewart, on... This fortnight's podcast, we have James Broadley, who is the uh, lead artist or art director uh, of a computer game company called Bossa Studios uh, in near Old Street. And I have uh, said frequently how much I want to start interviewing people from as many different creative outputs as possible. So computer games is obviously one that I'm... Uh, well, who doesn't hold computer games dear to their heart? Um... So James is the perfect person to sit down. And I missed last week's podcast, uh, last fortnight's podcast. It's been it's been a month since the last time we posted one. And I say, uh, I say we, me. Uh, yeah, it turns out having a child is like, it's like a lot of work. So um, I literally didn't have any time. So uh, James very kindly came over to my office, uh, to the make office. And we sat down and me and James are very good friends. So... Uh, this is a slightly longer podcast than uh, uh, I normally do. Uh, normally they're around an hour, hour and a half. Uh, this, this, this is two and a half hours. So, um, you should listen to the whole thing because it's by far the most fun one I've done. Uh, just because we, uh... We do talk about lots of stuff, how to do computer games, you know, like what is, what is a art director, like how do the, how do computer games start, like how did James get into it, you know, like, uh, but we both have a kind of a combined affinity for uh, not necessarily taking the shortest route to getting where we are, uh, which uh, is very amusing. So you should definitely listen to it, but uh, more about Bossa Studios, because they uh james worked on and was kind of one of the co-founders of a game called surgeon simulator now i don't know if you've heard of this game uh but uh, it started as like a as a as a like a weekend uh like a weekend test at a, at a game jam and it's ended up being like boss's biggest it sold like two million copies which is mental um so uh, you can hear all about how that starts and how we got to that point. Uh, but then Bossa just, you should go on the website at bossastudios.com because they, they do lots of very intriguing games. Um, they, they're working on a new game called World to Drift, which just looks stunning. Uh, and they do, <laughs> they, do, they do a few other games, all of which are intriguing. Uh, I'll tell you for why. For example, they do a game called I Am Bread. Um... And you are a piece of bread that runs around. Uh, and uh, do you know what? It's, it's really good. <laughs> uh, and it is as mental as that sounds. So 
Yeah, what else do they do? Hang on, let me check my list of things that I've like. They do a game called Play uh, Twelve. They do and like a game called uh, Spy Watch, uh, Deep Dungeons of Doom, uh, and they're all very intriguing. Like I, I guess the reason I think they're cool is because they're, they're they all look very unique. They have a very strong kind of style to them, um, and I guess they kind of like Surgeon Simulator, perfect example, like it's uh, it's a game that's quite addictive to keep playing and I think a lot of their games, the ones I've had a go on, um, yeah, they're just, they're just, they're very, they're fun, yeah, as I mean, that's probably the best way to describe them, they, uh, I, yeah, they're just, the gameplay is there from the off uh, and then, for example, I Am Bread is a perfect example of just being um, nuts but really good fun to play. So, you should listen to the entire podcast and if you get to the end um that'd be amazing and that's quite an endurance feat uh so i'm gonna wrap it up there but um yeah listen to the end to find out on who's on next week's podcast uh because it's a really really good one and i recorded it the day after this one so uh yeah enjoy cables okay i'm not just doing a sex dance i'm just getting comfortable <laughs> it's not what it looks like from here <sighs> oh, where to start where to start at the beginning okay okay first of all uh you did enjoy the star wars trailer i think get that out of the way i did yes i thought okay. it was very good okay okay bit too many people i know in it forest whitaker yeah yeah i, I, I quite like that um because I thought, oh, decent actors. Yeah. It's likely to be good. We'll get the Star Wars chat out of the way first. So yeah. the ginger guy who is in the one we watched at the cinema together, the Star Wars Force Awakens, the main the main evil guy, who was like quite a young guy. Ginger you know, guy. Kylo Ren's buddy. I don't you know, I don't the remember. main evil guy. He was like... Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren was the main evil yeah. guy. And then the actual the commander general was like a really grumpy ginger guy. I thought he was rubbish. Oh, yeah. He was rubbish, yeah. yeah. He's not in yeah. it, is he? No. It's like, look, the person in it looks like his dad. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then the evil guy in this one, in the Rogue One, he looks like really moody. He's got his, like, his head down and he's like talking. Yeah, he looks like the ginger guy's dad. Exactly. And yeah. I was like, fine, he's a decent bad guy. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But that was good. And yeah. then I thought, Forrest Whitaker, mm, he's a good actor, but... He is very good. Samuel L. Jackson burnt me in... The... I think he'll be better than... Jackson but he was like a famous actor in the original Star Wars the, the prequels and, but they were the terrible the problem films. is with those ones is I don't think whatever actor you put in it would make it any better they were still terrible films mm. I believe the saying is you can't polish a turd yeah it's true mm. or make Jar Jar Binks in any way palatable hey he's the best thing about those shows <laughs> it's made me never watch them again so I guess I haven't wasted any additional time thinking maybe I'll enjoy it more the second time Okay, so we've started the podcast. Yep. Already. Odds. Uh, because we're friends, I'm going to lay down a few ground rules. Uh, because we're not allowed to drop the C-bomb. That's our favourite word. Carl. Yes. And then I thought, do you know what? We can do it, but I will bleep it out. Um, I probably won't. Okay, you sure? Yeah, it's more just for... Just, okay, just for... just Because I think we should start using silly gang. That's ace. Just use that word instead. Uh, just between us. Ace. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, brilliant. Lame. So ace. <laughs> I love how PC I was just yeah. then by not using the C-bomb. So we're not allowed to swear. Yeah, I'm, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, I was gonna yeah. <laughs> just test out the bleep function. I was yeah, thinking yeah. if you just randomly just go. <coughs> no. um, don't do it. I can't. I won't. Okay, thank you. I will obviously introduce you in the little intro anyway, mm. so people won't be like, "Who the is on?" I'll just swear then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm with James Broling, yeah. and you're from. I want to say Bombasa, and that's not the name of the company I- before. Bombasa. Yeah. <laughs> that's in Africa, isn't no, it? No, I was thinking, <laughs> do you know what? I was, I was thinking, don't forget the name of the company works for. That's really embarrassing when you start a podcast. Bombasa Studios. Yeah. So I was thinking, just think Bombasa, just think Bombasa, and then I remember it. It's close. What Bo- is it? Bossa Studios. Damn it. No, that's pretty remember. close. Is it? It begins with B. Bossa Studios. Boss- where, where is Bossa Studios? Bossa Studios is in Old Street, um, near the Shoreditch sort of area. Very hipster. It is very cool. Very over cool there. area. Yeah. So, and then also, because like, I wanted someone on who. Um, I called you a computer game designer, and you were like, I'm not a computer game designer. Yeah, everyone, you should know better because you're into games, but mm. most people make that mistake. Okay. Most people go, oh, you do you design games then, don't you? Um, I think in the games industry, design is more the person that comes up with the ideas of the game, kind of figures out that kind of systems, how things sort of fit together, that kind of thing. Mm. They don't necessarily do artwork. The, the game designer might do level design, so figure out how a player will get to A to B from mm. within a level and the structure of a level. Um, but yeah, no, I don't do any of that really. And what is your role then, James? Well, my role in studio is lead artist, but sometimes it's referred to as art director, depending on yeah who I'm being introduced to. Okay, because on yeah. your website, uh, it's quite cryptic. It just says your your special interest is a mystery. Yeah, yeah. I think it has something to do with secret something. Like secret that. interest. Secret yeah. interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't think of anything good because no. other people had funny things, and I just thought oh, it's just it's, I was lame, so I just put it's a secret. But it was intriguing enough that I've just mentioned it. So yeah, yeah, I guess. So you're a lead artist. Yes. Okay. Through all the games in the company. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We only have we're, <clears throat> there's about thirty five ish of us in studio, and um, we ha- tend to have quite a lot of freelancers. So it's probably more than that at the moment, but I think 30, rough, about 35, 30, 35 employees. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I tend to oversee the the art on all of the projects. So at the moment we have one, two, three or four projects. Um, some of them are older projects that are just sort of continuing yeah. and two are newer. So so when you come up, okay, so what the reason I said you're a computer game designer is uh, that the game that you kind of, I'm going to say most well-known for. If I type your name in Google, you come up under your game, which is awesome. That is good. I've not typed my name in for a long while, but that's good. Come on. Although I I did. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, for a while. I did type when uh, the surgeon thing sort of had taken off and got into its sort of um, heady days. Uh, And yeah, there was a Wikipedia page about it. Yeah. That was quite, that was like, I've made it. Yeah. Wikipedia, that's me. Because I was reading it and, uh, I'm just going to put my phone on. I was reading it and, um, I actually was quite impressed that it didn't seem to have been written by you. No, I wouldn't have to do that in the first place. Promise? It wasn't yeah. written by you? I've never touched then that. That's yeah. really cool, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that game, The Surgeon Simulator, mm. when we spoke, you were like, oh, yeah, I work on computer game designer. Oh, yeah, by the way. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I did our computer game. That's why I thought you're computer game designer, because there's only three of you. you must- four. Four. Oh. Including oh. three and me. Three <laughs> makes four. Very political. <laughs> okay, so there's four of you. Yeah, you didn't just sit there and go, guys. When you've got the game design, I'll step in and make this look really cool. It must have been a. Why don't you start from the very beginning? Game. Yeah. Jam. Uh, so the game jam. So the 
You're all in your box shorts, sweaty, ink Cheetos. Pizza, like. yeah. Um, it was, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, it was quite a hot sort of evening where we just sort of sat around and got cosy and just thought, let's, just, let's just make a game. Should you get some pizza? Yeah, that'd be nice. More Pepsi? Nah, Coke's my favourite. Um, but yeah, so, the, so how sort of surgeon came about um, from a game design point of view, um, uh, it was the Global, Global Game Jam which was probably three years ago now, which is, I'm going to say it's an annual event, but they may have more occasions where they do the jam. Um, <clears throat> it was my first first uh, time going up to a game jam. I never kind of knew what to expect or what it'd be like. Um, <clears throat> and there was the, the four of us were picked um, to go and do this game jam. And the way a game jam works is you, or at least the way, the way global game jam works, is they kind of, you have... I think there was, uh, say, seven or eight different teams, maybe more. Um, and everyone kind of goes off in their little team. Some people are, have, have made their team before they get to the game jam. Some people are, are just wanting to go and experience what a game jam is like. So they make teams when they get there. And it's a wide range of people with different experiences. Some are industry experience. Some are wanting to get into the industry. It's It seems like a popular way of getting in the industry, finding out more and making contacts, all that kind of thing. Um, and what they do is they, they have a theme. Um, and th that particular year, the theme was uh, just the sound of a heartbeat um, <clears throat> and nothing else. And they also have, along with the theme, they have like a list of, I forget what they call them, but a list of sort of criteria where if your game hits a certain amount of these cr sort of points, then um, it's more favorable. It's, it's not considered a competition, but it's more sort of favorable. Um <clears throat> And some of the points were, I think they had, they tended to have quite a lot for um, disabilities. I think that, that that year, sort of, could you make your game work for people with I don't know, hearing problems or sight sight deficiencies or that kind mm -hmm. of thing? Um, <clears throat> but we we uh, kind of you walk off in your little teams, you're quite excited and sort of buzzing with ideas of what you're going to go go with. Uh, and we we kind of thought that a lot of people might sort of take the heartbeat and go quite sort of arty with it. Mm. Um, but we thought we'll take it literally, or literal, should I say? <laughs> um, and we had a, we had like one or two ideas, but the the idea that that kind of uh, sort of rose above the others um, was kind of something surgical, surgery based, something surgical. And I think I kind of forget who kind of the it, it felt at the from from my memory, it felt like we were all just buzzing with like suggestions for making this yeah. this idea work. And then uh, not sure who it was, but someone thought of the idea of just having a hand. And kind of you, you do kind of an operation, and kind of it all sort of went from there um, in terms of how the idea sort of progressed. And were you, was the initial thing, because I've been like the YouTube videos and people writing about it is that it, it's funny because it's like, because when you get it wrong, you basically hack a person <laughs> up to pieces yeah. or whack their mouth. Their I mean, that's sort of, <laughs> um, I mean, it's sort of, I guess in some respects, a happy accident into how funny it was when we were, when we were making it. Um, the mechanics of the game uh, is just a hand. Initially, it was just a hand on screen. That was the first thing we got in. We had a hand on screen that you controlled with a mouse. Because one... Whoa, what was what that? What the hell was that? Someone <laughs> just made music in my ears. Oh, hang on, that was my laptop. No, may maybe the idea listeners can't hear it. Here, let me mm. turn down. Okay, there you go. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one of the... one of the, There's a couple of points that I think was a nice constraint in terms of helping the idea. Because sometimes if you have, it depends. Sometimes when you're thinking of an idea for a game or anything really, if you have some constraints, 
it can sometimes focus you on on, the, on an idea. Whereas mm. if you have no constraints, it's a bit like that white piece of paper. It's like, where do I start? Yeah. What should I do? Um, so the constraints that we kind of picked were one that everything kind of had had to happen happen pretty much on one screen. Um, and then the other one was using, I think using like 10, 10 keys or 10 different ways of inputting uh, in, in the game. So we didn't quite have 10 keys, but we had uh, four keys for your left hand. So all your fingers and thumb and then the mouse uh, for your right hand. And th that combination of, of controls um, controlled the hand on the screen. Yeah. And when we got that in all working, it was just a hand, no kind of colors or texture, just gray hand with not much in it. Um, that made us laugh. Granted, we were like, it was like probably like two in the morning and we were <laughs> a little bit sleep sleep deprived. So we kind of couldn't, couldn't really tell whether it was just us having kind of like sleep, sleep deprivation, just laughing at almost anything. And But even that point then when there was nothing else, no patient, just that, that was funny. We were doing like shadow puppets with the hand on the screen and that kind of thing. Um, so there was kind of, a, a, there was a little gem of something there uh, then, um, but we were just sort of enjoying it and having fun. Um, <clears throat> and we progressed and made, we made, a, I think I'd like to say anyway, out of everyone there, uh, aside from it being obviously taking off and doing very well, it was the best game there. Um, in terms of visual quality and everything else, yeah. it felt very polished for the amount of time you have. You have like 48 hours to make something, which isn't a lot of time. Is that an all-nighter? You just stay up all night 40 hours? Pretty much, yeah. I think, uh, so the, the people that were, the, the, the team was myself, uh, Luke, uh, Tom, Jackson, and uh, Jack Good. Um, and I think Luke, uh, not Luke, sorry, uh, Jack and uh, Tom pretty much stayed awake. He, he he's a bit of a trooper he'll just kind of work like non-stop i think he had maybe like a half an hour sleep oh no hang on let me recall he's going to be dining out on this for months if he's yeah yeah yeah, yeah no because it would have been two nights so we went the friday and then we had the saturday so i think i forget which way well, one of the nights because luke fortunately lived around the corner so we all slept in his bedroom <laughs> <laughs> having a nice little kutch <laughs> Quite the bonding moment. I'm it sure. was very bonding, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next night, we kind of powered all the way through, and like we sort of had intermittent amounts of sleep. Um, Jack probably had the most sleep. Jack, he'll geez. forget. He'll he'll hate me for saying that if he listens to this, but yeah, he had, I mean, he had so much sleep. God, I don't even know him, and I've lost respect for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <clears throat> um, when we kind of got to the point of having made as much as we could of the game. Uh, then, then on the Sunday, sort of four o'clockish, I think you had everyone had to kind of go and yeah. present their games. Um, so, how many people are there, like in the entirety? Like, there's what you said, seven teams, but is that there's loads of other people doing it as well? I'm going to guess about twenty five, thirty people, something like that. Um, enough to fill like a, a small sort of little auditorium mm -hmm. that they had, which we presented the games at uh, at the end. Um, so, you, so you <laughs> you have a game. It's funny. And then it gets to crunch time and you're like, I really hope this is still funny. So then you present to this whole room of people and they're like, oh, do they love it? They, they loved it. it. They, they got it. They loved it. They got it. Yeah. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they hated it and that was the end of the story. So. Yeah, but we kept plugging on and eventually they liked it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, obviously tired. Uh, it was our turn to present uh, our game. Um there were some interesting games. Some of them were quite funny. 
Um, but it was our turn to present the game. Uh, <clears throat> and we most of the time you kind of talk about the game and and someone's playing it as well to kind of de- to mm. demo it. Um, and I don't think people could really hear. I think Luke presented it, Luke and Tom. I don't think really they could hear them because people were so kind of getting involved and sort of di- trying to direct uh, what was happening on the screen. Yeah. So we, the the main tools we had were a saw, a hammer, and I think some sort of drill maybe. Um, <laughs> and people were just shouting, use the hammer, use the hammer, no, use the saw. And you're just smashing away at this, like, just patient on the... I know. And it, it's, it's, it's the absurdity of, I think, yeah. like, kind of, we've sort of kind of analysed it a little bit afterwards, why it was funny and why it became successful and, and all the rest of it. And uh, there's various factors. Um, but, yeah, I think it's sort of the absurdity. It's, it's, I think comedy comes out of something that's quite serious. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of relief you can get from sort of making it funny. Yeah. Uh, and surgery is, by and large, quite a serious thing. Especially with a hammer in someone's mouth. Exactly, yeah. I've yeah. That's not the right way to do it. But um, the, it's interesting, the challenge that you, you chose was the controls were the challenge. Mm. As opposed to, you know, like, platform, you know, using a very simple set of controls to do something more complicated in the game. <laughs> Yours was very much, because it is complicated trying to... Yeah, it is. Fingers uh, and move hands and <clears throat> mouse. And it's like the whole rubbing your head and tummy at the same time type of thing. It's yeah. Your brain goes, oh, hang on, I'm trying to do this. And I think as also is what, what is presented to you on screen looks straightforward. You go, that's a hand. I've got a hand. I'm pretty good at using that. <laughs> hang on. This should be easy. Whoa, there. I, <laughs> I'm all over the place. I can't even I can't even pick anything up. Why can't I pick anything up? And it's. It's that that makes sort of it funny, and it's also I think that same thing when people are watching it. It's like I got a hand too, I know how to use that. Why can't you use your hand? <laughs> what are you playing at? I can do this. It's come easy. On, come on, think it, 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 Basically, yeah, and it, it, that's what people do. I think they think this this person's just ridiculous. Why can't they do this? So you have a go, and it's the same thing. Um, so that kind of barrier to entry is is sort of gone. Mm-hmm. There's not kind of like that kind of Call of Duty thing where you get your experts, and there's no chance you're gonna. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm not even, I can't even compete on this level. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, because it was a new kind of control system, mm. pretty much everyone was at the same level. It's kind of like, a, what's that game that was Flappy Birds or whatever that's ridiculously uh, hard? I'm not yeah. saying it's the same, yeah. but it's because it is quite challenging. Just anyone can go it, anyone in a room can have a go. Yeah. R- irrelevant how good yeah, or bad. Yeah, the barrier to entry, it's easy. It's like, yeah. I, I can do this. Yeah. But doing it when it, it is it is there's quite a challenge to the game. It's quite hard in some respects to 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 do all the different things to change the heart and can pick you up all the pieces. Complete it. Can I complete it? Can anyone? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are like uh, some people are ridiculously good. You get like there's some speed runs of things. Um, like normally to do. I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but someone will tweet and correct me or something. I imagine. Um, but normally it takes like well, it takes me probably about three minutes to do the heart transplant. Um, because I'm rubbish at most games. But some people can do it in like 10 seconds or less than that probably. Yeah, it's just amazing. Because So going back to the beginning of the game then, because I, I have no idea how to design a computer game. Mm. How, I don't, literally don't, and what program do you use to design it? Your brain. Your brain, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. And then you use your hands, that's the controller. Hands, that's the controller, yeah. yeah. And then you use another controller to control the screen with the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, programs wise to design? Um, bit of pen and paper. Come on, give me the program. Bit of pen and paper. Bit of pen and paper. Moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Microsoft Excel. I've seen Luke use that a few times. Can't use Excel to start a computer game. You can. No, you, you do systems and things. No, that's not a game though. I can do my budget on Excel. <laughs> you can do a lot of game design <laughs> stuff. I've seen Luke doing it. Isn't there a hidden Easter egg in Excel? If you scroll down to like line 18,000 and zoom across to 15,000 and put in a code, you get this really shitty little car game. I thought it was Worm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to try that. Is it, it depends because we use Google Sheets, so I don't know if that's on there. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. What, what, what do you design in? Uh, it depends what aspect of the game because game design is a, is a lot about ideas. You are making this question really hard. I know I am. <laughs> Tell me what program you use, or we're not moving on. <laughs> it's not as simple as that. So I just press... Because so certain things that you would do, you would, you would, documentation is a big thing in game design. Well, I'm not saying big thing, but obviously game design is by and large about ideas. Yeah. Um, ideas for a new game, ideas how a system might work, ideas... Uh, <clears throat> I have lots of control methods for various aspects, so... Documentation would be a big part of that. So Word or whatever equivalent. We use Google Docs, something. I forget what it's called. Um, and then other than that, if you're going to do level design, mm. then you may use Maya, uh, Maya, 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 one of those, um, or Unity, which is the game engine we use in Unity in uh, Bossa, or uh, what's the other one? Unreal. Good. Yeah. I want to come on to that later because yeah. so, we use Unreal here which yeah. badly, obviously. But yeah. Don't let Zach hear you. I can actually see him learning Unreal right now. He's learning it. But because I, I, like, cause the thing is, you designed a body and heart ah, and head see, see. and faces. How do you do all that? You're confusing designing. Oh, you're going to be that artist. Yeah. <laughs> I interviewed uh, someone who does. Uh, typography and i said yeah. he was a graphics designer yeah. and he pretty much didn't forgive me so i'll, for, I'll forgive you yeah but begrudgingly you know, the language we need to get that right really and if i've just got that the wrong way around and he hears this he will yeah, come over and punch me never <laughs> speak to you again um yeah so the artwork yeah which you might have been alluding to yes it's stunning yes yeah. stunning human body artwork i wouldn't say it's stunning no it's it's it has bits and bobs that bleed though yeah I, well, we kind of um, we tried not to research how the organs actually look and function too much. We had some weird names for the things as well. Because we actually had the intestines and then we had like, I think we called it the poo pipe or something or other. <laughs> you did do your research. We did, yeah. And stuff sort of fits in the gut area. Um, I don't think we had enough ribs. I don't, we don't know. We just made up how many ribs we thought there should be. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say it's st stunning. It's okay. kind of like it's more toy-like. Visual, toy the visual okay. feeling is more like a toy because it's. I think if, it, if we'd have gone too realistic, um, it might have been too creepy and off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it kind of has more of a toy, I guess, feel to it. Did you have some fairly random conversations? You're like, I think, I think when you whack him in the mouth with a hammer, I think the teeth, I think the teeth should break in two parts. No, I want the like the teeth to just fly out, or like, or was it just like I don't know, whatever the game just kind of just naturally the physics blew everything out. Um, no, I think there was some discussion about how much the teeth should <laughs> smash up into pieces. Because uh, we did have, we did have discussion about having... Because the game, the initial game only had... Well, the, the, de the, the demo, or the game jam version, only had one operation, which was the heart transplant. Mm. Um, and as the game has 
sort of progressed with its success, uh, we added more operations. Um, and then when we came to do the teeth operation, yeah, we were going to have like, you, know, we, you, could re you can replace the teeth with better teeth. And we're going to have like grills. So you can have like horrible gold grills or something. Um, yeah, so we kind of had an idea of how much we want to smash it. Yeah, I, li I like, I just like that you're having these in-depth chats about no, when the heart rips out and you drop it, I want it. No, I want that. No, the noise is. I can't get. I can't get. It's just missing. It's missing that little something, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's what kind of add to the sort of funniness of it. It was. It was I mean, it was <clears throat> obviously for me. It's quite close to my my heart. It's a little, little place in my heart for it. Um, because it was a yeah, pretty sort of intense experience. Yeah, I bet. Um, when we actually managed to go from a little game jam to oh, we're going to make this a real game that we're going to sell to people um, but going back to your question about software Maya uh, and Photoshop that's what we art with interesting yeah. art 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 <laughs> and that's the bit you do is it that's the bit I do yeah <laughs> you yeah. just fanny around Photoshop <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically do a bit of like what do you, but like with moving images so you, you is it a mood board is that what you create in Photoshop is, and then and then and then now forgive me I will. Okay, okay. So let's break apart. What do each of the people on your team do? Before I start insulting more people, <laughs> who does the bits? The, 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 no, so what, what's well, everyone's I'll, role? I'll break it down into... Break it down. Common, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'll break it down into common the common roles that there is within the industry and, okay, and, and, and in general. So you have your... From the art side. So you have uh, the uh, 3D artists. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they're environment artists and character artists, so they'll specialise. Um, but they will make a 3D artist will make the the models that you will see in a game, uh, so the three three D models, and they'll also do the textures, which give the models the color. Um, <clears throat> so they make characters, props, everything that sort of for intents purposes physical within the game. Mm. Then you have the animators who will make everything move and look and feel how it should feel within the game, based on its style, whether it should be realistic or whether it should be more stylized and cartoony. <clears throat> and then you have technical artists. Um, they, they're like a bridge between the programmers who do all like the programming. That's as much as I know about what yeah. they do, really. <laughs> it's very clever stuff. But yeah. whenever I see like a load of code, I'm like, what, the, what is that? How do you read that? Good work, guys. Mm, well done. <laughs> Keep trucking. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously they do a lot of hard work. Uh, so <laughs> shouldn't undermine them too much. <laughs> the only thing is... They do their they job. Make, yeah, you don't see what they've done because it just yeah, works. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They they make everything actually function and work <laughs> uh, rather than just making it pretty, which is what we do. Um, and so from so you have three uh, D artists, then you have animators, then you have technical artists. Um, so a technical artist will uh, often make things like shaders or the character rigs, which will allow the animator to move the characters or other other sort of objects. Uh, then you have people like myself, so the art lead. Uh, then you have art directors, which is kind of people like myself. I sort of bridge that gap because we're a small studio. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's that's it for the most part. Sometimes you get uh, bigger teams might have more sort of specific roles within that. Mm. Um, so you might have a character on it, animator, you might have a props animator, for example. Um, but yeah, in, that, in those the are the main roles. And the order, you kind of just said it to me as well. So like, I was thinking like... Oh, I missed one. Concept artist. Concept artist. Concept artist. See, I love the idea of a concept artist. I, I, I like the imagery they produce. That's why yeah. I, I love, you know, like all, all those amazing concept images. And then 
I think, you know, I'd love to be that. And then I realized I just don't have the imagination to be a concept <laughs> artist. But I do really appreciate concept yeah. art. Yeah, everyone, I think everyone loves concept art because yeah. it's just, it's sort of, it's... To me, it's like a superpower. It's like yeah. you can just, you can imagine something that I can't even think of yeah. and see it and go, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a good a good concept artist can can not only draw very well, they also have this very vivid imagination and a, and a really good one. Um, we'll be able to kind of get what you're d- talking about because it's all, it's all well and good having ideas and and, and being very creative with you, what you want to do. But a concept artist has to try and get something what the art director wants them to do, which yeah. is like, can you go in my head? And that thing I'm thinking about, draw it, but probably better than I'm thinking. Yeah. And make it cool. Yeah, make it cool. That's that's definitely the best feedback you can give just, to any concept artist. Yeah. I want this thing, make it cool. Yeah. Can you just, you know, just... And the good bit, ones, they know how to do that. They're like, yeah. got it. Yeah, got it. Make it cool. Like, That's cool. I know, because I was talking, you know, that, that idea of giving just awful feedback, mm-hmm. unusable feedback, but you feel like you've done, like, I always have this thing, it's a running joke with our renders, like, can you just make it a little bit lighter and a little bit darker? And they're yeah. like... What do I do? What do I do with that information? Yeah. But sometimes I've, I've probably been guilty of giving useless feedback, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're like, oh, well, I need to sort of say something. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, got to justify my job somehow. <laughs> yeah. But the order you said those, those like job roles in, because I'm thinking of a Call of Duty level where someone would design, I guess, the architecture of the level, right? Yeah. The kind of the buildings and then... Then someone goes in and then applies the textures and makes it look like an Akadol building as opposed to just four floating bits of geometry. Yeah. And then they've got a level and then they've got like a just a person hanging in floating. And then someone goes and animates that person running through. And then the technical guys make sure that you don't run through objects and bullets do the things they're supposed to do. But what have you done? I dropped my phone. Hang on. God. Technical issues. Can't get staff nowadays. Because I am... I re- like I was going I'm going to go back to how you became not a computer game designer but working in the computer industry as an art director huh? as an art director art lead art, no art, one of them oh, an artist. I'm kind of, yeah my role is kind of both within within the studio depending on the project so you, you, you I'm a little you, bit wrong but mostly right yeah okay fine not wrong at all really I'm, I'm happy with yeah. that cuz we were having a chat on our dog walks uh where we discussed basically games when we were younger mm did you play computer games and go, oh, my God, I want to become a computer game, uh, work in the computer game industry? Or were you just like... I didn't know. No. Yeah. Because yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> actually, I don't I don't think people necessarily who play computer games want to design a computer game. Because I don't remember ever thinking, do you know, I'm going to stop smoking weed, stop playing Goldeneye, yeah. and I'm going to design one myself. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think you'd be wrong there. I think a lot of people, especially from the game design point of view, mm. and... I would say, by and large, most people I've met within the industry, they wanted to be in computer games, something within computer games. Um, a lot of game designers, their avenue into the computer games industry um, is, is they, they often start off as a games tester. So they will just spend hours and hours testing being testing the games, which to me seems like a, I would say, a tough but also boring job. Yeah. Because playing a game when it's complete, a lot of fun. Yeah. Playing a game when it doesn't work properly and it's full of bugs and things keep crashing and you've got to play the same thing again and again and again to test the bug, that kind of kills the game for me. But a lot of game designers would would start off in that avenue. But I think, yeah, 
they had that passion to want to get into the game industry to, to, to do games. They're, they're often all about games. But for, for me, um, yeah, I never really wanted to get in the game industry. Movies was where I wanted to go for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I never went there. No. Okay. I tried. Go on, how? And then, ha- and then in the end, I thought, I'll stick to games. And yeah. it's and it's, it's done me proud. It ha- it's done yeah. you all right. It's done it? me I mean, all right, yeah. The pinnacle, you're on this podcast. So, <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. It doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> no. <laughs> and what was your actual first step, though? Did you do Unicorse to do it? Uh, just like, how, how first do you want that step to be? Uh, let's say uh, the dis- after secondary school. First All right. step. Yeah. So the first step, I'll go a little bit before that because okay. the first step to getting in the games industry probably would have been from that point, you know, where you're at school and they go, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Computer games. <laughs> but, but I kind of had an idea. I thought... I'd seen a program on special effects and makeup and all of that kind of stuff. And I thought, that looks that looks like me. I want to do that. I want to get in the special effects industry. How can I do that? Great uh, shout. Great choice of industry. Yeah, I know. I thought, this is cool. I want to do this. Um, so I had I did, didn't do very well at school. I don't think either of us did. No, I didn't. I, I had one GCSE, I think, a D for art. Nice. Which I was a bit disappointed by, really, because I should have had an A. But you kind of had to do I, art history. Yeah, I don't think that's how the GCSEs work. I don't think you like you can have a D and go. I wanted an A. Yeah, a bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's not a request. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right, aren't it? Because I would have asked for a lot of higher grades yeah. on my other ones. <laughs> I'll have all A's, thank I'll, you. All A's, please. No, I don't want to be greedy. Stick a few B's in there. Here you go. Greedy. Here's a tenner. <laughs> See, I like playing this game because you are successful yeah. and <clears throat> we both did really, really shit in GCSEs. Yeah, I did terrible, yeah. yeah. I was very lazy at school. Mm, me too. I didn't quite see enough of the importance of it. Thank you. <laughs> right, we will come up to your computer game in yeah. a bit, but I have yeah. realised a, a concurring theme in the people I'm interviewing yeah. uh, seems to be that education is total bullshit and you just, through no, f- no, education didn't help. It just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it made you uh, uh, think. I don't want to do those things. I will. I will go in a totally opposite direction. I think. Yeah. I think education's good, but the system that we have to educate kids better isn't better than what I just said. Yeah. It doesn't allow people to learn what they want to learn. Yeah. It channels them into things that the educational industry thinks they should learn. Yeah. Um, so for example, when I was at school, computers were big, we're all going to be in IT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aim for the sky guys. All go for IT kids. <laughs> You're going to get a job. Um, but if you push everybody into IT, not everyone's going to get a job. Mm. And I think what, we're kind of going a bit of a sidetrack no, here, no, but, totally what <laughs> but I think, um, uh, I think that kind of sort of mindset of pushing everyone to say IT, which they kind of did a little bit, I think, well, especially when I was a kid, which was quite a while ago. Now. Um, it meant that people weren't kind of encouraged the same way to go to other useful industries, such as um, tradesmen, the builders, plumbers, electricians, mm. all those things which you still need. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's the case now, but for a while there was a shortfall of these jobs and people in that industry could command quite high yeah, salaries. You're like, well, I'm... I'm in IT doing some IT stuff and I could have been earning more money doing something perhaps I would have enjoyed more, but mm. I've been sort of 
encouraged and pushed to go this way. Yeah. Um, so I think if education w- was uh, would allow people to choose and go their own direction more, you'd probably have happier students and totally agree. And more diverse. I mean, the jobs that you can get in in the world, they're just they're so diverse. Yeah. Like the the stuff that they told you about at school was, that was available for jobs. Right. Like, and then when you find out, like moving to London, you find out and you yeah. meet other people. You think. You did that for a job? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. And like, yeah, yeah, cool. I, I, I was on a, uh, one, one person I met, uh, she worked on um, cruise ships for a while. I, no, I don't mean like the big cruise ships, mm. private cruise ships, like the ones with multi-millionaires own. Wow. Oh, that, looks like, that sounds like a great job. I want that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm glad you said when I came down to London, because that's exactly <clears throat> my point where I just thought I was dumb mm. and then realised I just didn't like the things I was learning. And you yeah. come down to London, you realise... Well, you you work in a recording studio for yeah. a musician, but you're not a musician. No, no, I just do all the technical stuff. What? That's amazing. Oh no, and I work in special effects, and one of my friends does movie posters, and like, yeah, I didn't even know like any of these. I didn't know you could actually have a career in these things. Yeah, I thought yeah, just, yeah. Like, you, could, you could earn money doing these things. It's amazing. Oh, well, I have a work. And the same thing I have is like, uh, whilst I loved uni, just getting really, mm. really drunk. Uh I spent quite a lot of money and. Just scraped through first year. I mean, the pass was forty percent. I got forty point five. You know that was that's a bit of a scrape. Yeah, that like barrel. I was, I was so drunk once. I fell off a fence, sprained my wrist, and slept o- overslept and missed an exam. And I still got forty percent. But I guess my point is not to just badmouth my own self. And if people are listening <laughs> and thinking about giving me a job in the future, it's fine. Uh, but I think maybe if I'd have just taken that money for uni, uh, the first year particularly, and uh, just gone travelling. And tried instead of instead, I was thinking about this instead of three years at uni uh, or or college. If yeah. I had just spent all of that money and gone and had four jobs in four different continents, whatever jobs you want them to be, but you have to do two months at each job, mm-hmm. that would have just blown my mind. I think I was so small minded. One of my tutors said, "You don't know what you don't know," and it's such a great saying because I was like, "I do know." And then you come down to London, you go, "I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more. Yeah, there's so much more." But yeah, I I I do agree with you. I think. I think nowadays, I, mean, I I don't know how, like, it felt like when I was at school and going on from college, that university was the path. Yeah. You go to college, you do something at college. Um, I did ceramics at college. You did ceramics, ceramics at college? Ceramics at college, yeah. What, what, what you... I, didn't, I didn't get enough qualifications. What the hell is ceramics? <laughs> I, old school on a potter's wheel and throwing that about and chucking it, it in a kiln. A, I was jokingly going to say. proper ceramics, yeah. You're actually going to make ceramics? Yeah, you learn how to make kilns and... Was there much... <laughs> you're going to say, what the... <laughs> what was the point in that? <laughs> was there much career progression in ceramics? Uh, well, Jeff's 60. He's not going to last much longer, so maybe... No, so there's a business with... opportunity there. <laughs> I'll take over his little kiln. <laughs> Jeff's ceramics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a job for life, that. But did you love it? Ceramics? Yeah. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you know, I had a real passion for ceramics. I was going to go, well done. It was a means to an end. So as I was saying that special effects, that's where I want to oh, yeah, go. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so crap qualification. No, no qualifications from school meant I had to do the foundation art course. Um, which was like a one-year sort of introduction to art, which was uh, interesting and sometimes fun, but I think most of the people on that course didn't know what they wanted to do mm. and thought, I've done a bit of art. That's a lot of fun. Mm. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, I'll so, do that. <laughs> yeah, so most, most people on that course, other than me, 
didn't have any uh, goal beyond the course. Mm. I think that helps a lot with anything. Yeah. If, you have, if you have a goal beyond what it is you want to do, then it drives you forward through mm. the shitty stuff. Bleep. Um, <laughs> that that bleeper just isn't working very well at all, is that? You need to tweak those uh, dumbers or something. <laughs> um, so, where was I? Yes, so, um, so the ceramics. So I did my foundation course, and then uh, the it kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, the foundation course. Um, so I didn't want to do... The next on that would be the actual art course, which was two years of, of, of what felt like the same sort of thing. So I thought, I've always really enjoyed um, actual physical modeling, like sculptural mm. type of things. Um, for my GCSE piece, I didn't do anything what I was supposed to. I just made a dragon. <laughs> You're like that fashion person. Have you done what we asked you, James? No, something much better. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And a dragon. <laughs> I made a dragon, which was pretty cool. A lot of the kids at the time were like, a lot of my friends were like, oh, that's really cool. And I think some of them, uh, even one of them a few years back even mentioned it. Oh, I remember you did that dragon at school. It was really cool. Um, it, honestly, I couldn't do a dragon now. Couldn't do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so It shows you had an imagination for things. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Stamp that out early age. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing that dragon for? Put it in the bin. You don't need to be a Art history. dragon. Picasso. IT. Get with that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be IT. <laughs> you're going to be swapping hard drives. Yeah. You lucky, lucky lad. Anyone that's listening that does IT, they'll be like, we do more than that. It's more than just changing hard drives and motherboards. Yeah, you sometimes you have to turn stuff on and turn it back on again. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's actually very hard. Okay. Google. Problem. <laughs> Jokes. Then suddenly all the power's going to go off. My yeah, podcast yeah. will go offline. <laughs> Why is it dark, man? Yeah. I'm sorry, IT. Yeah. So the dragon. So, so the dragon. So so I thought ceramics. I like that. Make that in clay. Brilliant. Um, so I did the ceramics course. That was kind of a means to an end as well because it meant it was a BTEC ceramics and it, it gave me the same sort of points, I guess you call, that meant I could go to university. <clears throat> uh, but it was, yeah, proper ceramics it was making clay pots making teapots yeah making cups and sauces and most of the people on it were pretty old yeah yeah but it's it's really hard like <laughs> i would imagine you're like it's a proper skill yeah you, but it was it was quite a, the course itself was pretty good in that um it was designed to set you up and be your own little ceramicist mm. or something like that well, i don't know what they call them nowadays yeah um so you'd have your own little business at the end of it which was quite nice. They had, they organised like a, a show at the end where you would sell your stuff. I think no one bought anything I made. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone said they would buy it, but I think yeah, they didn't give me any money. And then your mum didn't give any money, and you're like, <laughs> no. even my mum didn't come and buy anything. Mums always do that. It's what they oh, it looks lovely. Why have you not displayed that? Mm. Shit, yeah. I <laughs> Sorry, but I think you know. So, so you learn how to make something and then sell it. Mm. But then also, um, if your head's not in the headspace, like, so you want to go into something really graphical and art related and they tell you IT, you're like, well, the thing I want to do seems pointless. I might as well not bother and do something else. And then the idea of like creating something, making your own business and then trying to sell it. Well, I don't have to do that either. And then you come down to London, you think, oh, all those skills would be really bloody helpful. In London. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. To, oh, to think, you know, to have that mindset where it does feel like anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it does. But I think I think by and large anything is, but I think sort of sometimes school beats that out of you. Yeah, 100%. But then I guess to them, they're like, look, some of you, not you the thicker, some of you will be going down to London, but most of you won't. Just yeah. lower the hopes. You yeah. know? You're just going to be disappointed yeah, yeah, for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, don't, don't be like me. 
the teacher <laughs> yeah. who wanted to do something, not knocking teachers, teachers do great jobs, but some of them don't want to be teachers yeah. and they're like, yeah, I wanted to be a writer, for example, but now I'm here teaching you, tards. Yeah, a writer teaching like English literature at a badass secondary school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with people that don't want to learn. No. Like, I always think primary school is this wonderful education system and secondary school is like a prison. Like, it is, it is. <laughs> mine especially, <laughs> like, the chase. Keep them controlled, Yeah. make sure they come in when the bell goes on and they leave when the bell goes off. Yeah, just try and defend the thickos and the clever ones yeah, at least the yeah, average is way yeah, out. Yeah, make some of those thickos, <laughs> don't upset some of those clever ones and get them into drugs and all of those things. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, so, so what, you went to uni after your art course? Uh, after the ceramics course, yeah. And what do you study there? Animation. There you go. That was my that was my ticket to the film industry. I thought, right, animation, brilliant. I'm going to be in the film industry now. Um, the course I went on, uh, it was a HND, <clears throat> which is two years. High national diploma. I know it, I did the it same. It is, yeah. It's like it's like a, I don't know what it, it's like a pretend degree or a part. Yeah. It's like it's it's almost a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Can, yeah, this, it's this, this, almost, this. it's good, but not quite as good as a degree. It's like a bronze, isn't it? It's it like, is, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so close, but it, we can't call it a degree because it's, it's not. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did a HD in engineering, so yeah. I know exactly. And I think a lot of them, a lot of HDs, you can top it up to a degree. It's like, it's almost like well, we trust that you're good. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to put the work in first. You can do two years of this. Yeah, we'll let you do another, and you can have a degree. Not like normal degrees where they go, yeah, you can probably do a whole degree. Yeah. You come on in, boys, come on in. <laughs> I know, it's so demoralising, isn't it? You're like, and then after all that, you're like, you've kind, you've, you've done really well. Yeah. <laughs> so then animation, is this, is this computer animation? Or uh, so animation? The, the, I went to Mig Morgan in Wales, <clears throat> which was the only place that would accept me. <laughs> Actually, no, I tell a lie, uh, Cheltenham was the other one, um, but... I didn't really like their course and the guy was a bit weird when I showed him my stuff. I made this like in my ceramics course. Uh, we were supposed to make mostly just make pots yeah, uh, and stuff. Did I'm just, did you go off piece to make something totally different? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we were having this one lecture about um, uh, glazers, mm. which are various chemical compounds and materials that when you put them together in the kiln with the heat they create colours yeah. and, and make a pot shiny Yeah, um, and it was quite dull and I had a bit of clay in my hand and I was just modelling something and I modelled this, modelled this head which was sort of like a kind of demon head and I thought oh, I quite like that so I carried on and made the whole thing so I had this demon thing at the time like for at the time and for a little while I was like oh I really like this it's cool now some things you do you think they have sort of last ability you can kind of see that you think i I put a lot of effort into that and worked hard and yeah. I still appreciate it now. And, and I think if I look at it, although it's, I can tell that it was made by the younger me, mm. it's still like, yeah, it, it had good memories to it. So I made this uh, demon with four arms and a tail and horns and it was about, mm, what's that, 13, 14 inches high. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it was quite a challenge to construct. I did a re bit of research on sort of anatomy and find out where all the muscles yeah. went and I bought, bought some super muscle <laughs> magazines where, where these guys are just, you know, the bodybuilders are like, just, you've got too many muscles. Yeah. <laughs> you look ridiculous now. <laughs> Only other men like you, not women. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what no woman has ever said? I want yeah. you to really tight little speedos. <laughs> yeah. Orange yourself up a bit. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. And if you can, yeah, go re really like unnatural yeah, orange. Yeah. Yeah. And then do some really uncomfortable looking poses. 
That yeah. that gets me really horny. Don't wear boxer shorts. No, no, wear like really skimpy <laughs> yeah, yeah. little jeans. Pull them up. Yeah, pull yeah. them really high. Four, so they're like... God, yeah. What, what a what a, what a contrasting set of views, isn't it? Like yeah. a muscle bound nutter. Yeah. In a thong. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus yeah. Women Christ. women go wild. Yeah. So I'm imagining now that you've got your core supervisors there and they're looking at the previous students and they're like going from table to table and they're like, Pot's brilliant, just what we actually do. Brilliant, right? We get past Pot's brilliant. James, what the f is this? (laughs) Possibly a little bit, but I think they were also quite impressive. Like, yeah, because there's what I didn't know at the time, which I wish I'd known, is the way they they build clay models in, say, the film industry. They would build a wire armature um, <clears throat> and then um, pad that out a little bit. So say you're building say you're building a dinosaur. So you build a, like a di- dinosaur armature that's sort of like a bit like the skeleton mm. and then you pad it, pad it out a little bit with sort of foam for, say, the rib cage and the bigger areas. And then the clay is effectively the skin yeah. of this creature or model, whatever it is you're doing. Um, and then you would do all the lovely surface details and make that look like a, like a dinosaur or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, I didn't know any of this. So I made it out of solid clay. <laughs> and if you've ever used clay, it it's good for surface details, but there's a point where it can't support its own weight. It lacks structural integrity. It does lack a lot. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't build like anything. Couldn't do a giraffe in that. <laughs> you, no, you, you couldn't. Yeah, you'd have a job doing a giraffe. So, um, yeah, doing something 13, 14 inches high with four arms <laughs> that kind of went out of, like if you see a lot of, uh, even if they are solid clay uh, ornaments, mm. uh, a lot of the construction, when you look at them, the arms might be kind of in like a sort of, they're all t- attached to each other. The arms yeah. don't all, don't necessarily go out in a T-pose because the clay won't hold its form. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to make it all in these sections and then sort of stick it together. And it, it had a tail by design because two legs wouldn't hold up the rest of the top. So I had to put a tail on it. So it had like a... Uh, nice. triangle base so there's a bit of like structural you were thinking outside the box I was thinking outside yeah. the box yeah um, and then the scariest part is when it goes into the kiln because sometimes if there's air trapped in the clay the little air bubbles they'll they'll expand and it'll blow it up <laughs> I just <laughs> so I that was a terrifying it. part of the whole, it took because it took me like it took me a good few weeks because I mostly made it at home I made it kind of after my normal class time because yeah. I couldn't really make it in the class because they'd stop you they'd stop me yeah <laughs> but I'm imagining the kiln owner going just going to go and check in on James and there's this demonic face leaping out of the flames he's like Christ James be gone be gone demon be gone <laughs> holy water yeah yeah me. yeah okay Shh. and did you get a good mark for it I didn't get a mark for that it wasn't part oh, of the <laughs> part of the criteria but it did help um, with uh, I think one also getting a job with Sony uh, and also getting into university because I would take that along with me and going back to the, the guy in Cheltenham he saw that and he thought oh, that's a bit mm, I don't really like that it's not really arty enough <laughs> I was like you're a white wanker <laughs> I'm not coming here at all <laughs> All right, mate. It's not Martin. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was his name? No, they're just the first name. I don't know. I was like Steve or something. <laughs> All right, Steve. Steve, Thanks. yeah. Not arty enough. Yeah. Like, I'll um, take my demonic creature somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, you but, dropped a little bit in there. You were like, and that got me my drops only. Uh, yeah. That was a leap. <laughs> and what, from, hey, what, hang on. How did you get a job at Sony? <laughs> so, yeah. So my course 
in Mick and Morgan, because you asked the question of, um, was it 3D computer animation? Yes, that was it, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they did do that. They did 3D computer animation, um, stop motion puppet animation, yeah. and traditional 2D animation. Um, at the beginning of the course, you were allowed to try all three. Um, I only tried one because <laughs> I went and got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Also familiar with this <laughs> and, issue, yeah. and missed the the chance of doing the other ones, so by default I went to uh, stop motion, which I didn't mind. It's kind of what I thought I would do anyway. Yeah. Um, so you really embraced the university course you <laughs> tried so hard to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which probably would have been good if I'd have gone and done the computer part first, and would have saved me a little bit of time. Um, but wouldn't have given you the skill set it wouldn't know, that you right? now have yeah. now. No. And yeah, more rounded person that I am. Yeah. Um, so I did the stop motion um, aspect, which was basically just making little puppets with little armatures. And, and that that was, I I did enjoy it, actually. Did you? I did. did. Does anyone enjoy that? I think you would be slightly nuts to enjoy that. No, I did enjoy that. Because it, it's, you make these puppets and um, in animation, um, say, rather than, making a sculpture with an armature the armature is is set mm. uh, where in in stop motion the armature is articulated so it's got little joints yeah. and all the rest of it the well the more expensive ones have proper little joints uh, the cheaper ones is just soft aluminium wire that can bend a lot of times before it does eventually snap um, so you build these little creatures and you move them around and... so do you take a photo <clears throat> and then you've got the previous photo and then you can see transparently through it and you just kind of like and just so, like, you know exactly what the second image is going to look like. Well, they had... Uh, so you make all your models, you make your little set, you get your lights, um, which is quite hot. Being in, you have these little rooms where you put your little set and you make these lights. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I think the, the system that they had... So back in the day when they had cassettes... A what? Cassettes. <laughs> Go on. Kids listening. Look, any kids listening to this, what is a cassette? What's a cassette? Well, kids, as a I joke, it's a massive reel of magnetic <laughs> tape. No, seriously, I thought it is. <laughs> yeah, cassettes. Um, what's a film stuff on? Mm. I can't remember God, what they called. Like, feel... they, they look like, you know, remember the old Betamax? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Betamax. They, look a bit like, they looked a bit like Betamax cassettes. Um, Kids have no idea how good they have it now. They yeah, yeah. No you can just, idea. You use your iPhone nowadays yeah. to do the same in stuff. 4K. I did. In 4K. In 4K, yeah. I had like, it's probably like 320K. No, that'd be too many Ks. Yeah. 320. I still remember, like, my best mate Dave had a Betamax thingy and had like his dad, like, real nerd. It was like one of those top loading ones. Oh, top loaders were the best. And we weren't allowed to watch it at night. So we snuck downstairs. We watched, I don't know, whatever film it was. It wasn't an adult film. It was, yeah. it was, it was street legal. Oh, good, good. Uh, but then the rewind was so loud that it vibrated the thingy, <laughs> which woke the dad up and we got in trouble. That's like, you know, kids don't even know what, what's rewind. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, <laughs> like a dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Do a washing machine. Off, yeah, yeah. I can't, it's stuck. <laughs> Um, so yeah they had a machine where you set up your camera and stuff uh, and it would play so you'd take your frame take a picture of the frame and it would play the last I can't remember how many frames it was but let's say the last 24 frames the last second maybe 24 to 48 frames 
the last sort of two seconds of, yeah. of, of, of what you'd done. So you kind of worked on oh my God. from what you'd seen to kind of what you'd do next. But you, 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 you So you do like, and it would be like one arm going up. Yeah. Just like an arm waving. Yeah. Like, okay, next one. Yeah. Next one. Pretty much. But you'd already kind of planned out um, the timing of your because of your animation, your little, your little, little like kind of little piece. Did you film yourself like doing the, the waving did, 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 and the did, 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 roll, and then work out how many seconds that wave was, and then work out a little bit? Yeah, yeah. A li- I mean, I didn't really. F- you do the do that. You do do that a lot nowadays, I think, and I think they did even do that then. But I didn't really film myself too much then. I just kind of had an idea of you sort of. You, we didn't really have many cameras to film ourselves. It's not like nowadays. You just use your phone. Yeah, it's a good point. You're like, what, on another cassette? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we made of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your second screen, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just sort of, you play it out. So say it's someone picking up a, a, a beer bottle and bringing it to their mouth. You kind of do that action. And you kind of time it, time it perhaps. We'd roughly sort of figure it out. Oh, that takes about a second or two. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then you'd, you'd, you'd kind of write all that down. Or you'd plan out a little kind of bar chart of when these things happen within the sort of time frame that you've given yourself for the the piece. So you kind of plan ahead because the one uh, one and probably major downside of of stop motion is you can't go back and change anything. Like computer animation, you can go back and change anything. Two D traditional, you rub those lines out and draw it back in again. So what you oh what you've done is is there, but it, in some ways it sort of frees you up a little bit because. Because you can't go back, you kind of do more. Because mm. um, with animation, you can get sort of too caught up in the little bits of things and just keep trying to correct things and and, and end up spend, end spending ages doing like a second of animation where with stop motion, you go, okay, so I can't go back. I just keep going forward. Yeah. Well, it kind of, I think, I think so many of these things, the fact that you did it, um, not necessarily your first choice of animation because mm. you were drinking, uh, but it teaches you so many things. And I think if you can get stop go animation right, then that sets you like just to be so meticulous. Like mm. think how many skills that taught you, like planning ahead and make, you know, I've yeah. got a week to do it. I need to get six seconds of footage done. I need to work. Like, whereas now you can just film it. It's, right. It's crap. Just, just try and, uh, and you, uh, my patience for being creative is so short now. It's just like, I was terrible at stuff like that because I could only see like, one step ahead i was mm. i'm just even now i'm swear i'm incapable of seeing like six months ahead so it's like if a creative idea takes longer than a day i'm like i've lost i've lost a yeah business. yeah I'm with with terrible. animation specifically creative ideas they've got to be held for quite a long time because it is i mean i don't really do animation now um and never really did it as a career yeah really um because I always kind of defaulted to the bit I loved the most, which was the model part of it, yeah. and which kind of went into my sort of computer side of things. Um, but it is, it, uh, yeah, uh, enough respect to anyone that does animation. It's really hard. Yeah, Some and also a joke. I, I think to do a dark, really weird animation would be so much easier to keep your head in that mind space than to do a comedy. You know, like a joke, trying mm. to do a punchline. Yeah, trying yeah. to do a punchline <laughs> animation, like just breaking a joke down it's in, into its individual millisecond yeah. actions. You're like, oh God. That's why I think, you know, like the Surgeon Simulator, like <coughs> the fact that you did it in two days, mm. the joke, you know, the, the the initial comedy stayed so fresh. Imagine if you'd spent five months doing it and they're like, mm, yeah, like I, like the, the oh, initial It's, it's surprising. It's, it's still... Because when we, after sort of the initial uh, 
excitement of doing Surgeon Simulator, the which is just the the, the, the Game Jam version. When mm. we took it back to the studio the next day on the Monday, and um, we were still sort of tired but pumped because we'd. I mean, it's it's funny because the the main thing that I wanted when we did the Game Jam was for people to like it at the end and to get a good response. Yeah. And we got that. And obviously we've got a lot more than that since it's become a success. Um, but then we went into the studio on Monday and showed it to the people and showed it to our peers and they all kind of, same. it was always the same response, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. And then I don't know kind of how it came about, but then it, it made its way onto the internet. As everything, as everything does. does nowadays. There's not much that's not on the internet. Uh, I think it made its way to PewDiePie. Who, I'm not sure if you know of him. I do. I'm not familiar with his work. Is mm. he a? He's, he's is, very popular. Is he a philosopher? All right. <laughs> I, I think some may call him a philosopher. What is PewDiePie? PewDiePie is the most popular person on YouTube in the world. Really? Yep. He has. Last time I looked, something like 40 million subscribers or something daft like that. The numbers might be wrong there, but yeah, he's got the most subscribers. What's his name? PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Jesus. PewDiePie. Sounds like such a dad, but who has a name like PewDiePie? No, so what, is, <laughs> what does he do? I assume he works in computer games. <laughs> no, he's just YouTube. He has his own YouTube channel. Well, channels probably now, and he's been on, yeah, he's been on American TV. He was like one of the American chat show hosts. Interviewed him about all of these things. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, he's super successful. That's a mate in your game got on there. Yeah, so this was before he was like super popular on YouTube. He was still, he was incredibly popular. He had like a few million subscribers. Um, but he 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 played it and it was, Surgeon Sim, Sim is, is really perfect for probably for kind of what he does. Mm. He plays games for a living and just, what and what does like what just films himself films like, himself yeah. playing games and films kind of the funny things he does when he plays games that's it why? by and la- by and large that's kind of what he does and why didn't the careers advisors tell us about I know this? <laughs> so kids right you know that thing playing games we told you it's all right to do but really don't do it yeah because there's no money in it and you'll never do anything yeah no well this guy most popular careers advisor idiots. Because we, you know, Gogglebox, of which yes, uh, you're love a it. massive fan. Well, I love it. Yeah, and I was like, this is the dumbest thing. It's people watching, people watching telly. But watched it yours. It was really good. And then mm. now we watch it, and it is hilarious. Yeah, I think that uh, when I was younger, me and my friends playing computer games, smoking, and drinking, would have actually been very entertaining. It is. In fact, YouTube's most popular channels are gaming channels. People doing just that type of thing. And making money at it. Mental, isn't it? It is. But it's, it, okay, <laughs> it is let me mental. rephrase that. In about 10 years' time, the idea of all our normal jobs will seem mental. Or like 50 years or 20 years or whatever it is. So you were a plumber. Yeah, yeah. But you just used to go around. Like, you just like, like fix pipes together. Bogs and everything. Yeah. What? What? In a computer? No, 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 no. Like just in people's houses. They've got robots for that now, mate. Yeah. Come mental. <laughs> yeah. I still like do now. You got any pipes? Looks like a ceramic thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there'll still be plumbers. So you went into animation. Yep. Did you pass the course? I did. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Did you pass it? Was it a three-year course? Two years. Two H&D, years. Two years. Oh, the H and D. H and D. Okay. So I went, I went back again afterwards and did the top up. Oh, you topped up to a proper proper degree. Proper degree. Proper degree. Yeah. Yeah. So you're finally a proper educated degree. I was a proper edu- educated. Educated. Yeah. I can't even speak. Not that well educated, am I? Is it time for another beer? And I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Okay. okay yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, so then you went. Then what did you do after H and D? Uni. No, I had a year out. 
Obama traveled the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wish I did something as exciting as traveling the world and um, all of those exciting things. That happened a bit later on, really. I, I kind of should have done it when I was younger, but I was a bit sort of, I won't say green, but just not aware of the world. No, I'm totally yeah, like you. Just Someone like, said that when I was 20 during travel, I was like, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not playing computer games, I, all right. I think the idea probably crossed, crossed my mind, but I just sort of a bit, yeah, not aware of the world enough. Like yeah. just dicking about with my mates was yeah. really the most things, yeah. most fun thing I could do. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go out drinking and just sort of doing stuff with my mates. And it's amazing. Yeah, this is why, why would I want to change that? This yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. I've waited like 20 years to hang around mates and no job. Come yeah. on. Yeah. No school. Come on. <laughs> I know. Just, I'm living the dream. Because um, when I did my H&D, I uh, actually knuckled down my GMVQ. So that's the... What, what did you see? You did an art course, didn't you? Yeah, that was a GMVQ. Is that a GMVQ? Foundation yeah, GMVQ, yeah, yeah. GMVQ. So G, GMVQ, BTEC, HND, degree. Yeah. So GMVQ, I did it in engineering because yeah. I had literally call out second. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Options. I had such uh, a throw start. in the air. I just the one. <laughs> one of these terrible days where I did my GCSEs and they're like, uh, the sixth formers because that's where everyone went mm. uh, unless you're thick like me uh, <laughs> as all my friends went and there's a there's a Mount Mammoth in Canada skiing trip it's in February and my mum was like you can go you can go and I was like woohoo and then got my GCSE results and they were like I got like 1B you can't go anymore and all the rest D's <laughs> and they wouldn't let me in sixth form my mum was like well you can't go unless you're at sixth form and I was like no they, she didn't even pull the rug out it was the, literally the school like no yeah. it's, it's a school trip you can't go on a school trip unless you're in the school and then I went go to the GMVQ and it was like I remember doing a break apart of a kettle they were like you have to draw every element of a kettle yeah including the element and uh, tell us how it's made and thermoplastics and, do you know I did two years of it I cannot remember anything about that course that's terrible but for the first Monday of the first, I think it was something like 12 weeks, I skived off with my best mate Dave every single Monday mm. and we play Goldeneye or Zelda or Gran Turismo. And they were like the best days ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was so happy. But now and I'm... People nowadays get paid for doing that on YouTube. I wouldn't. Like, oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> I just think... But then you know when you know will 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 my child be like dad? No, I'm starting my own YouTube channel, not on my dime. <laughs> you're coming out and you've been a plumber <laughs> and doing a proper job. But no one plums anymore, dad. Yeah. Robots do it. I don't care. Yeah, you, you need a trade. Yeah, that's it. You need something to fall back on. <laughs> yeah. No, just let me get a good job, and yeah. then I won't need to fall back on anything. Yeah. No, no, because that's how we work. You need yeah. to. You're too stupid to get a proper job. <laughs> so think about your escape route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not paying for you forever, you know. Mind. So then you went. You did a year out, and yeah. then what? So my year out was mostly a bit of weekend fun, drinking, partying. So seedy. I know it does, doesn't it? Sound horrible. Um, yeah, mostly clubbing and having a good time, and also working with um, uh, my mate Craig, who uh, I'm going to say has his own construction company because it's easier to say that. Why is he a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he works as a construction company. It's, it, he, yeah. So he he is, uh, you know, portable buildings. So like Elliot blocks. Yep. Um, kind of cabin type buildings. So his com company basically does those things. So I worked for him for, for quite a while, for a good chunk of that year. Um, just mostly for money. It was, it was kind of a lot of fun. There, there was, it was fun aspects. So you had a year off and you actually worked. 
Yeah. That's actually fair, fair enough. Yeah. Got to go yeah. no beef with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the intention was to um, get a job in stop motion as an animator. Yeah. That was the intention. Uh, I even had my parents build me a little studio, probably about the size of the studio in now, sort of, I don't know. So palatial. Massive, yeah. yeah. Probably smaller than this, so probably like six foot sort of square room type of thing. Ah, oh, good parents though. Which I never used. Jesus. I know. Not properly. Poor Brodies. Come <laughs> I on. know. It's like, yeah, we'll do this for you because I really need it. But, Are you uh, smoking in there? No, no. <laughs> Mum, don't come in. It's a serious bit of animation. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's putting a lot of effort in there, don't you? Yeah, yeah, don't disturb him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what they, what they don't always tell you at, at um, uni, or especially if you go into a specific course, mm. Uh, and I guess they're not going to because it's not in their interest. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I think <laughs> come I, in, give me yeah. the money. <laughs> Outcome, that's totally up to you. Um, stop motion, even now, uh, even with the advent of 3D printing and all the magic that you can do, mm. it's still quite a niche thing. Um, so getting a job as a stop motion animator, uh, you had to be very, very determined and very good. Mm. Um, I was neither. <laughs> 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 Just on the CV in your own head. Yeah. Sue. This isn't looking too good. <laughs> I was like, oh, it sounds too hard. I just want some money. Um, so after after about a year, or give it a take for that, I kind of I kind of put in a tiny little bit of effort to get a job, but really not enough. Yeah. Because there were just so 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 few companies um, that once you'd applied to a couple of them, you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, I can't be bothered. Um, it's so, so demoralising yeah. applying for jobs. It's the worst feeling in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's like, enjoy the time off you've got. And you're like, I can't because I feel like a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get a temp job. <laughs> <laughs> what was it all for? Uh, I still can't believe you in stock animation. Yeah. That to me sounds like the most long-winded job. In the entire world, I, like, I, I actually, I, I did actually enjoy it, but I wasn't determined enough to think this is, you know, this is what I want to do. Because I remember watching Jurassic Park, the making of, and they were saying, you know, like oh, the special effects are going to put the animators out of business, and mm. then they developed this like uh, it's, it was like an animatronic dinosaur, and yeah. when they posed it, that put the digital coordinates in, so like they okay. could still animate the things with all their like lifelike uh, and then cool, the, the cool. digital would fill in the bits and make it yeah. silky smooth and put the textures on so all the hard part that they learned of like how to you know how to give a character life and the mm. way they move and their legs and bounces was all just done by them and then the special and i thought that's cool but seeing what what is it bog trolls is that like the art? bog trolls yeah 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 and i, I saw a bit of making of that and i jokingly that i thought they said we rapid prototyped every frame and, they do. Yeah. And I looked at it and they just had a warehouse full yeah, of them. And it's I was amazing. Like, what? Like how in this day and age is that still the most efficient way to do it? But it gives it an element of character that you just don't get in like uh, silver. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things that I, I still love now about stop motion is um, over computer animation, even like some of the best like Pixar stuff, as good as that is. Uh, I think anything digital, you intrinsically know it's not real. Mm. Even though it, if it's really good, it sucks you into the world. Um, whereas stop motion, they're real things I know. that someone's made move. It's like that 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 toy's alive. 
Was that you? <laughs> it was me, yeah. That, was... <laughs> that came from the depths. That was a di- dinosaur that I made in college. <laughs> wow. And I know, I do, I do totally agree. And um, uh, what did I watch? Thunderbirds. Do you remember Thunderbirds? It yes. was like... I they were marionettes. Yeah, they different. were marionettes, but yeah. but it was all handmade. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it, it's these real things that are yeah. moving. It's, that is sort of captivating. Um, but yeah, nowadays they just like I think you, you, obviously you can still do the whole posing a puppet, um, but nowadays it's all done on computer, and then they print out all the frames and put it together, and you still get the same kind of look and feel. But mm. I think it, the precision now is just yeah, and and I think the precision precision is there, but because you can do it the animation first on computer you have the chance to correct any mistakes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess so, taking the advantages of yeah, the computer. Yeah. But... So, I mean, maybe previous to that in stop motion, you do a shot. Um, but if that shot was wrong, you'd have to do that whole shot again. Yeah. Perhaps if, it were, if there was something, some glaring mistake in the middle, like some idiot comes in and kicks the uh, <laughs> kicks the set, which happened when I was at college. Well, uni. Oh, that, <laughs> and you've got to get all the images, like doing a time-lapse footage, right? You've got to get all the images. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it still sounds a little bit like you love it, though. I mean, not yeah. that you want to go back and do oh, it. Oh, yeah, I'd like, never go back and do it. So, yeah, so going from my year out of having fun and working and not really trying hard enough to get a job in stop motion, um, I was still kind of in contact with some of my friends from uni, and most of those that went on the computer animation side of things mm. or had jobs were earning pretty good money. Is it, st- it still seems like quite a... In, not a niche, but like it's still very much in demand, you know. Like, yeah, it's still in demand, um, but super competitive now. I think, yeah. I think I, I missed the window of when it was probably easy to get a job. Like, if I'd have two years before when I was ready to get a job, mm. then like some of the guys I heard were making like silly money because they in the PlayStation One days, it was like. You make a game, and like nowadays, there's thousands upon thousands of games. Then there wasn't that many games, so everyone would buy those games. Yeah, and the, these were sort of fairly small studios. Like nowadays, studios for the bigger titles, like a AAA game, massive studios with like forty, fifty people in the studio, and then people beyond that. It's just a huge undertaking. Whereas in the PlayStation One days and before, although I don't know too much about before then. Um, <clears throat> you have like a team of say 10 people and they sell a game and it makes millions and millions and millions and some of them get a share of that money. So I heard about this, that this it's like, Hey, I want to go, I want to do computer animation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just for the money, but like, <laughs> I think I should get into computer animation. Yeah. So I went back to uni and uh, <clears throat> did an extra sort of top up year, transferred to computer animation. And I'd kind of been out of, like as a kid, I loved computer games up until sort of the age of, uh, say 13, 14. And then I kind of sort of, drifted away from them really and they want kind of a big interest um and even computers i'd kind of like gone from even really know much about computers or anything yeah so i kind of went back into this course and i was like getting used to be using computers again and all that kind of stuff so it was quite an intense course because i kind of had to effectively learn as much as the hnd students doing the computer animation because they were all looking for a job so i kind of had a lot to learn but it was it worked out (laughs) <laughs> well I think because <clears throat> see I, I kind of I love 
the idea of concept art and animation. Mm. And, and I, I genuinely am so drawn to it. Like even now, I always say like uh, architecture is all about storytelling. And the nice thing is at the beginning, you're trying to sell an idea. Mm. And it's not, just a, it's not just a building. You're trying to sell the story of the building, right? And you're trying to sell them on this idea. And but I find the actual like it's the blank paper syndrome. You're like, I've got, I, oh, I'm going to do something really creative. And now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, and I, I find that yeah. that first bit, and in, in if you can just find something that you can actually kind of get past that first stumbling block. Because for me, stop going animation is like the hardest possible thing I can think of to do. <laughs> okay, I've got to imagine it. Yeah, then build it. Yeah, and then model each and every frame. Whereas to me, kind of computers have sped up the process now. So you can almost think in real time. It's just like, it's kind of there and you just play around with yeah. it. Yeah. keep modeling. Well, I, think it, I think with computer animation, what they, what they, what they give, they also sort of, have hindrances with them as well um <clears throat> so the fact that you can do sort of multiple undos and stuff whilst it's great yeah you can it can sort of stop you making decisions sometimes yeah. i think you kind of you can be so be, you can become uh a little bit indecisive about what is you want what about this what about that <laughs> i don't know what about this what about that whereas sort of more real media which or more physical media, which stop motion is, yeah. and painting and drawing and all of these things, like actual physical with a pen yeah. and paper. Um, you're committed. You have to once you've made mm. that decision, you've got to go with it. Yeah, so true. Bex, uh, my wife's dad is uh, he's a structural engineer. He's also a painter, mm. and uh, he'd spent like ten hours doing this painting, and he was just staring at it. And I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well." I need to paint white over the thing I've just done. It's like the the last bit, and he's mm. like. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Because I have to scrape it all that bit off. And I was just like, and what he, I've never seen someone concentrate so hard. <laughs> just, and I, I, when do you ever do that? Apart from like, I guess driving a car, like the time <laughs> you ever really have to like. Even then, not so much sometimes. <laughs> Oop, just nearly killed away. a person. <laughs> Keep driving. I did actually go through his red lights when you were in the car with me last week. See, I wasn't even fully concentrated. Which red light? The, the ones on the early pally. I just drove straight through them. After our man oh. walk. I just two straight guys, they're French bulldogs walking alley pally <laughs> on their own. Nothing more manly than that. <laughs> With <a> baby. <laughs> so what what for what because you said you worked at Sony. Yeah. So I was quite fortunate, although I think that whole is it fortune? What's that what's that saying? Fortune favours the brave? Fortune favors yes, it does. That's the one? Yes, yep. yes, I believe it does, yes. Um so when I did the when I finished the computer animation course, I was a lot more driven. Like like, this is it now. I can't go back working with my mate Craig and doing building. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what I wanted to do. Um, I guess you can also see your whole life mapped out before you're like, well, I don't I know. I'm not ready for this yet. Not ready. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and I'd, I'd worked hard on, on the course and I'd gotten uh, a reasonable sort of grade. And yeah, I, 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 I didn't, I wanted that work to pay off. I didn't want it to just sort of, fritter away and me being stuck in Tesco's or doing something I didn't want to do. So, yeah, I pursued getting interviews a lot more fervently. Fervently, fervently, sure. It's so one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, aggressively. Aggressively, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah, aggressively. Um, <clears throat> and I had a few interviews, one of those was with Sony, um, and, yeah, managed to get the job. I'm very happy Were you not myself. a little bit like, holy shit, this is Sony. I'm with Sony. Well, I think I'd had, fortunately, I had like a few interviews lined up with a recruitment company. 
And one of them was in a job in Bristol, which I kind of wanted. Um, it was closer to home. Where's home? Home is uh, the Forest of Dean. Forest? Oh. Fod. The Fod. The Fod. Mean. <laughs> Forest of Dean. <laughs> Peace out to the Fods. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of above Bristol. So I kind of thought Bristol would be perfect. I can mm. kind of carry on the life that I have, yeah. which is planning about with my friends, but have a cool job and doing something I want to do. Yeah. But uh, that first interview didn't go that brilliantly um, in that kind of they asked me why I wanted the job and I kind of said, well, I just sort of want some money. <laughs> that, that classic <laughs> You know where you're just sort of too honest? Yeah. Really, I, you know, I could, you could have worded it in a lot better way than yeah, that, but yeah. I kind of ultimately I wanted some money so I could kind of do things and go yeah. out and yeah. sort of live my life. Um, <laughs> I, I just see this as a stopgap, really. <laughs> I'm lost, don't know what I want, but I just want cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I kind of reflected from that and thought, yeah, I, I've got to try a lot harder for the next interview, which which happened to be Sony. Uh, and yeah, kind of went in then and was a lot more enthusiastic and kind of took my drag, my demon that I made. Nice. Ah, yeah, there you yeah, go. See, it full still, yeah, still worked. Uh, so and they were that. like, Jesus, all right, you the job. <laughs> put yeah. the terrifying thing away. Took that with me and it's just like, I, I was... Super enthusiastic, not to the point of being annoying, but I was like, yeah, this is like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm at Sony. This is brilliant. Damn straight. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, got the job. Like, and often with people, they sort of, with companies, they don't sort of tell you straight away. Um, but yeah, I was kind of walking back to get the train or wherever, however I got to London. And they called me back and like, the recruitment company called me back and said, yeah, you know, they really liked you. They'd like to call you back for a second interview. And I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. Uh, but it was, it was a, it was a, Brilliant feeling. I mean, getting your first job anyway is a great feeling, um, but working for a big, and in, well-known company in, in London, London, right? Yeah, yeah, in London. So, so you'd not lived in London. This was no, like, no, no. same deal with me. This is the beginning like, of yeah. the adventure of my of my yeah. life, really. Tell me about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I hated London when I first got here. Did you? Yeah, I hated it. Did you? Yep. It was purely for the job. Bloody fodder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little country boy. Yeah, there's no bloody, there's no forest, <laughs> nowhere. You want to get some more trees down here, knock them buildings flat. Build a lovely garden. You're like, well, I'll just take my £100 a month for my rent currently paying and uh, see what I can rustle up in London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, that'll keep me drinks for, for the weekend. The tramp on the cardboard makes more in bustling money than I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so... So you went from being in the Forest of Dean uh, to being at Sony in London. Mm. I bet your mate's like, bloody millionaire now, I bet, aren't you? <laughs> Go on, splash us some cash, man. You can buy drinks, can't you? Go on, mine. I only want a beer. Yeah. What time did you finish work today, James? Uh, eight o'clock in the evening. Eight o'clock? Eight o'clock, mine. How long does it take to get from London? Mm, cut hours for you. Uh, I'll get you a beer, you can get me the next one. <laughs> You did live in London, though. You didn't commute. I did, yeah. Okay. But hell, commuting, no. Um, yeah, so I moved down to London. Uh, yeah, and started the adventure of living in London. But yeah, like I say, didn't enjoy living here for about the first six months. But I'd come from living in the country where I could go down to the, the local town, Colford, mm. as we call the centre of the universe, um, and go down my own, go to the pub, and people would be there that I knew. Yeah. And have a... Jolly I, good time. I believe it's called com- community. C- no, I, community. I, it's lost community. to me in London, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. C- c- so adjusting to that took a while, um, but you're on your own as well, right? So no, I was with a girlfriend oh. at the time. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Did she hate London too? Uh, 
Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I didn't think she liked it that much either. Either, yeah. Because I remember when, because uh, I got, I was in Nottingham and got offered a job here. So mm. I, I literally never been to London. I was like, London's the biggest city in the world. <laughs> yeah. No one can ever, ever see. No from one will find city. me again. <laughs> Are we last? <laughs> and uh, we came, like, I, I came down and I was like. Because Beck had this job in Nottingham, and I'd been a student in Nottingham for like five years, mm. and I was like, "Beck, I got the job," and she just burst into tears because she was like, "That means I have to leave my job." And I was like, <laughs> "No, no, yeah, but no, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yes, you do." And I was like, "But it's fine. We'll find a lovely flat. Yeah, we'll find a house even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, with got, a garden. I've got a job now. <laughs> yeah, I've got a proper job. The yeah. job I've wanted to get forever." <laughs> Oh, it'd be easy. You know? It'd be so good. I'm sure it'll have a garage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe two. And then I was like, I remember our rent was £500 for like a two-bed, really nice new flat. And then it was like, came down here and bet was like, £1,050. What's that? A month? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, don't worry, don't worry. We'll find these flats. And we went to like near King's Cross. And mm. they're like, excellent transport links. And I was like, look, Beck, it's near King's Cross. Come on, it's the centre of London. Come on. And then we went there and uh, I knocked on the door. It was like a terrace flat and there's a top one and the door just like... A terraced flat? Terrace flat, yeah. <laughs> knocked on the door and it boom. <laughs> Might as well have it. Yeah. And the door just flung open. Well, the lock had been smashed in. And nice, yeah, nice. Came down That's and, a winner. Yeah, the owner came down and I was like, what's wrong with the door? And he went, ah, the area. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then like Beck was looking sadder and sadder at this point. Went up to the top and there was this like weird Chinese couple in the corner <laughs> who were like just standing there staring. Mm. They didn't say anything. And there's like a, it was really weird. And it looked over a prison, like Holloway, Holloway prison or whatever it was. And Bet was like, we're not, and just burst into tears again. And then the second flat we found is amazing. But the first one I was like, who, who would, who would pay that much money? For such That's always amazed me about London um, is the price difference between, or the, the, between what you can get. Yeah. Well, not the price difference, but you can like say a thousand pound a month. You can get somewhere that's okay or absolute <laughs> hole. <laughs> it's like who who's 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 paying for this? Yeah. Like really? In what? in normal places outside London, if it's shit, it's less money. Yes. And if it's good, it's more money. Yeah. In London, there's just chances everywhere. <laughs> and they're like, Well, every other house in the street's a thousand pounds a month, so yeah. this will be a thousand pounds a month. Even yeah. there's a crack day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like Mm, well, I best we best take it. <laughs> yeah, and it's no wonder people hate London when they come down because you're like, I lived in a really nice house, yeah, uh, with a pub I loved, yeah, and now I'm too scared to go into the pub because it's stabby, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like people are like, was there a st- like if there's a stabbing anywhere in Worcester where I used to live, it would be like front page news. Mm. In London, as long as it's not on the street that you live on, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's two streets long. Yeah, it's it's nothing fine. to do with me. Yeah, yeah two, it's well, it's, that's like the. Miles away. Or you're yeah. like, no, no, it was gang related. This, <laughs> yeah, this street's fine. Nothing happens on this street. Well, apart from maybe a couple of weeks ago when uh, that thing happened, but yeah. Yeah, and the gun shop. I didn't hear it. So, yeah, pff, yeah, yeah. Just, I slept right through it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so then you're at Sony, and then, okay, so what, we can finally get on computer games now. <laughs> what was the first one you worked on? Uh, so I worked on a game called This Is Football. This Is That's Football. That's the first, first ever game I worked on. And as the, a lead artist? artist. No, no, no. Uh, as artist. So I had the option when I started, they asked, do you want to do animation, computer animation, or uh, 3D modeling? And I was like, modeling, please, because it's easier. Mm. And I enjoy it more. Um, so yeah, just 3D modeler, uh, making football players' heads. What? 
Yeah, that was football players' football heads. Football players' heads, based on real people. Based on the football players, yeah. So you just what like just stared endlessly at like football players' heads and yeah, basically we downloaded re- downloaded reference material from the internet. We had like a uh, I don't know if you've heard of the website Getty Images. Yeah, yeah. So we had like um, you can pay for certain images from them, and that they have a, obviously a lot of editorial sport type images on there. They got everything image wise. <clears throat> um, so we kind of. And bought images of football players from them and then used them as reference to model all the football players. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you enjoy that? Or were you a bit like, initially, I thought it was so nice. It was going to be awesome. I'm bloody modeling Ian Wright's head. And initially, <laughs> for, for quite a while, the buzz of having a new job, the buzz of being at Sony, um, the not so much a buzz of being in London because I didn't enjoy it initially, but missing just... the night versus running for your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just that whole kind of thing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. For, the work was quite cool for a while, but it did get it did get tedious. Um, but I mean, I think more just being at Sony. Yeah, really, just must uh, done wonders for your CV as well. You're like, yeah, yeah. Um, but because I think when I started, it was like I started a sort of a December the tenth. I think I remember what year now. Um, so it was Christmas time. Christmas parties. I bet a Sony Christmas party is quite... Sony, had, Sony had the best parties ever. They had some great parties. Um, more so, the PS2 date, PS2 years, Sony was making a lot of cash. Yeah. They were the golden days. And, and they, they were good. They spent some of that cash on their employees. So we have great parties, great Christmas parties. Um did you say you got flown out somewhere? No, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, every two years they had uh, a, a conference. Conference. Um, which off. I always Absolute thought was off. just like a holiday, really, where you kind of had to attend sort of some talks. But if you were hungover and couldn't hear them, it didn't really matter too much. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we went to one year, we went to Euro Disney, all expenses paid. What? Uh, and then the best one was uh, Malta. That was brilliant. And it, what were they expecting? They chart. They charted. Malta. They chartered two airplanes, just for Sony people, because it was Sony London, uh, Sony Cambridge, and Sony Liverpool. And what? How long are you Malta for? Uh, three days. For a conf. Sorry, for conference. Inverted conference. <laughs> yeah, conference. conference. Yeah, it's yeah. Just absolute piss up then. Yeah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, and. I bet Sony have tightened the old purse strings now. Oh, yeah, once they? the PS3 came out, all that shit stopped. They couldn't afford it anymore because there was a big investment for PS3. PS3. Um, <clears throat> and they really, I mean, they really smashed it with the PS2. Because yeah. I remember the oh, PS1. Yeah. I, do you remember how easy it was to, like, like break the PS1? You know, as I never, it, never had one. I remember it. Some of my friends had one, but I never had one. Because I remember, like, you could have... Like Gran Turismo, turning or mm. skateboarding for like a pound. Like your mate, your mate, your mate at school would like just do something to the back. Crack of it. it. Yeah, I don't, yeah, crack it. I don't even know what it was. I can and, crack it for you. Yeah. I've already cracked it, dropped it. Um, no. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, crack it. I, I just, a quid. <laughs> and I remember like thinking, you know, I was so used to N64. Yeah, Goldeneye. Mm. And that was it. That was the, one, was, that was the was good. one good game on Goldeneye the N64. Was good. And there were a few other bits and bobs that I liked. But then I got like Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo like, was amazing. And I probably killed one billion percent of my brain cells from just <laughs> playing Gran Turismo. But I remember like we were saying when we were on our walk that that was like 
I rushed home from uni because yeah. my f- best mate Dave had got the turbo for a Mitsubishi Evo <laughs> and he was going to race it. And I was like, I've got to get home. Like, yeah, no, this like, is like a real car almost. <laughs> or at least the closest I can get. Yeah, you've got the new <laughs> chassis for the Subaru. Oh my God. And I remember being so excited. And then like, he got Zelda for the N64. And we I genuinely must have spent three months of our life playing that game yeah, it yeah. was amazing and then kind of as it's evolved they've kind of got so big like okay i have the, the, co- the cost <laughs> the costs involved now are so much greater than they were in the ps2 days um but yeah they used to have some good, good parties at sony the one party the was it golden something party that was that was good they had um D, you know if you heard of dita fontis yeah. yeah they had her Oh my god! Coming out of a big champagne glass. So life was pretty fucking good um, when you were at Sony. Then the, I mean, yeah, it was a bit repetitive. Yeah, but. yeah. Job wise, it did get tedious after a while, and I wanted to move. But the the atmosphere that Sony had was, yeah, I've got to give it give it credit. It was good. Um, they know how to treat their staff. They did. They did. Yeah, they, and they probably still do. Raking yeah. in the cash. As well, yeah, they, they were they were making some cash. And then when did you move to your current place? Um, three years ago. Probably nearly four years ago now. Yeah, Bossa. What did you call it? Bambosa. Bambosa. Bambosa Studios. Yeah, yeah, Bossa yeah, yeah, Studios. Bossa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably about three and a half years ago. So was it, were you like, oh, it's Sony, maybe if I carry on working, I can work my Apple? Or did Bossa just go like, James, we want you to do like the, your current role and we'll, you know, we'll give you creative freedom? Uh, bo- uh, Bossa? Yeah. Um, no, so there was, was a... there a sexual harassment claim against you? So you <laughs> You've been Googling me. You've been Googling me, haven't you? <laughs> okay, okay, I can pause it. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah, so just carrying on now. There you go. Brilliant. Pee break over. Pee break over. <laughs> I needed that. It yeah. Burst. Me too. Didn't want to wheel over your nice floor. You could have. Mm. It is concrete, so you just sort of wipe it off. It's an audible medium, <coughs> so no one could have heard you do it. Well, maybe. Not if I pee on the microphone. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, James, stop it. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're a bossa. Bossa, yeah. So before Bossa, um, I lived in India and worked in India. What the hell were you doing there? Same thing. Computer, games, stuff. Interesting that I said at the very beginning of this podcast, the best type of learning process would be to go travel and get a job in a different country. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, it's... So I was right. It is. I would... I would... It's, it's, it's the next step from moving to London. I think... Uh, moving to London, having a job here, it it does kind of change and improve you. Mm. Once you get over that kind of it being very very different to the world you were once in, you kind of um, I kind of see it a bit like this. So uh, when when you're a kid, the your your boundary is usually the end of the street. Yeah, you're like, don't cycle any further than the end of the street. <laughs> Why? Just don't. <laughs> Because I can't see you there. <laughs> yeah, basically, because I can't see you and I'll worry. <laughs> and you're a kid and you're an idiot, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you yeah, just yeah. don't know anything. Yeah. I know everything. No, you don't. <laughs> Let me tell you now. <laughs> you stay away from that Gary at the end <laughs> yeah. of the road. Yeah, don't go anywhere near that them. <laughs> <laughs> don't go see his puppies. <laughs> so what you're saying is London so, becomes the alternative end of the road. Yeah, so so you, you, you go to the end of the road and then maybe you go on a bus when you get older on your own. And it, it's that ne- it's that constant sort of yeah. progression of what you think your boundaries are, and a lot of those are sort of self-imposed when you get older. They're not kind of imposed by your parents; they're more sort of self-imposed yeah. boundaries. You think, well, me living and working in another country, yeah, 
that's nuts, mine, isn't it? Um, but coming to London, you you meet lots of other people that have travelled the world and done these different yeah. things, and you think, I'd never thought of doing that, but do you know what? I'd actually like to give something like that a go. Yeah. And a lot of my friends that um, I still have and have had, because friends, it's very transient places, London, so yeah. you have friends from all over the world who are here for a while, and then they yeah, go back to wherever so they, they've true. come yeah. from. Yeah. Um, but you kind of think, well, they've come from their part of the world and uh, living here, yeah. Um, I could maybe do it elsewhere. Uh, <clears throat> so it's like when someone says to you in a, um, just a nonchalant way, you know, like back home, no one come down to London. They mm. just wouldn't do it. They'd be like, oh, no, tube's too busy. And like, My grandma's never been down to London in her entire life. Oh, it's been long, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. Just, no, it's just too busy. Like, it's not. It's like, it's really yeah. not. It's obviously it's busy. It's too far. Yeah. <laughs> You've been to different There's countries. There's cars nowadays, Grandma. <laughs> the horse and cart's gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I went to Nottingham and my mate Tom was like, "You should no, you've got to get a job in London. Yeah. I was like, no, no, I not, I'm, London's not my thing. I don't want to. He's like, much, yeah. it, but he was just like, no. You, it was so, such a stupid thing for me to say not to come to London. And then I came down here and then I'm sat next to, I was sat next to a girl from Egypt, a guy from Canada and a guy mm. from um, uh, Macedonia. And they're like, and then a guy from Germany and a guy from Malta. Like everyone around me <laughs> is like, is from different countries. And then you're like, I totally agree. You're like, oh, I suddenly, because I only speak one language, feel really stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, aside from being a typical English person like yeah. myself and only really needing to speak one language. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone else tries so hard to speak English. I know. No, I, my mum's German. And when I go to Germany, I try and do German. And they're like, can we just talk in English? <laughs> yeah, because you sound like an idiot. Yeah. Which way to the library? Yeah. I have four brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, Ben, do you want to talk about the mortgage you've got? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Complicated economic things. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in London, you just... You just people are just people there's good ones bad ones people are just people and that's kind of kind of one of the sort of things it teach you and teaches you so that so yeah so kind of going to india was never somewhere i'd ever planned on going on a holiday let alone even working and whereabouts there. in india did you work uh, i lived in a place called hyderabad or hyderabad however it's pronounced mm. uh, which is as close to the center of india as you can probably get in terms of actual a city and place you could sort of so you, so you were at Sony, uh, mm. you're quaffing champagne, flying around the world, and you yeah. crazy parties. You're like, do you know what I need to do? I need to go to the middle of India. I'm going to do it. Like, why? Yeah, so was... it, it wasn't sort of planned out that way, but I'd been at Sony for six years at that point. <clears throat> and as fun as the party side of things were, like the launch parties and things, they they we're only sort of occasional parties and yeah. and you can't just live off just going to parties really no. the most the biggest part of your day and your life really is what you do <laughs> yeah. for a job yeah <laughs> mm. so if if that started to become tiresome which it had um i mean i'm not a fan of football at all and there's only so many footballers heads there's only so many footballers and and for a large part of what i did i think for 3 or 4 years was iterations on this is football yeah, um, and I progressed sort of uh, from sort of artist to sort of uh, kind of lead artist or yeah. lead character artist at least, uh, and then when PS3 came came out, things sort of changed, and I was put on a prototype team, which kind of didn't really go anywhere really, uh, and it, it just it, like any any job, if if it there's a point with some jobs where you just think 
it's not and was working. it crazy hours as well? Or was uh, it right? Hours are pretty good, actually. I do a lot more hours now, but I enjoy it more, so I don't mind it yeah. as much. Um, yeah, it was very much more nine to five. There was crazy bits, but for the most part, nine to five type of job. Um, but yeah, I just got bored of it. So I was I was looking to, I had friends that had, uh, um, from Australia, New Zealand, um, a couple of people I knew that had been lived in Canada, and I thought, I want to, go and travel, I'm going to go to an English-speaking country that's probably a little bit like what I'm going yeah. from. <laughs> but d- a different location, really. <laughs> and you got to India and, uh, and you were like, this this is backfired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a star. <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> I just need some meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, Canada was the place that I wanted to go to. Because Vancouver, Vancouver, right? yeah. yeah, Vancouver. I thought this is this is everything that I would want in a place: uh, uh, snowboarding, skiing, oh, no. uh, and then it's closer to the, closer to the shore or the coast, so you can you can do like everything that like, adventure sport wise. I thought that's perfect. Yeah, and it's like one of the top places to live in the world or something. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I applied to a few places there, but um, didn't make the grade. Uh, then I applied to a few places in in Australia, but again. Didn't quite make the grade, um, and I kept I kept pursuing it. And then I was with a recruitment company called Adventure Recruitment, who deals specifically in securing places around the world for for, for kind of people within the games industry. <clears throat> and then then one day, kind of as they do, they send you like, "What about this job? What about this job?" Uh, job for India came through. I was like, mm. in my head, I was thinking, mm, "Don't know about India. No, really, sort of thought about that." And then I read the job spec. <laughs> one of the things that got me most interested <laughs> was the uh, like of the package that they'd offer. It was this senior role, so I thought this is good. It's sort of progression in my career, yeah. um, and it's kind of it's sort of all the salary was good, especially being it was like more than what I would was earning net um, then at the time. Um, but being in India, like it's cheap, it's cheap there, um, and they, I had my apartment pay, paid for and all the rest of it. So my living expenses were next to zero. But the clincher thing was that I would have my own driver. <laughs> you had your own driver? <laughs> That's why it said I would have my own driver. And I thought, yes, I have made it. Okay. <laughs> I've got my own driver. Yes. I can get drunk as much as I want now. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Mum, Dad, I'm going to India. Why? I have my own driver. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you there, son. <laughs> yeah. Did you actually just there every day? No. Oh. I didn't get my own driver. Why not? Just didn't get one. They lied. They lied. They lied to me. They got me all the way there. I'm in, I'm <laughs> angry for you. Yeah. That was like when I bought a car and they were like, it comes with their full service history. And I was like, as a signing over, I was like, where's service history? Yeah, it doesn't have one. No. <laughs> You're like, you, that's pretty, the bit I wanted. Pretty sure you lied <laughs> yeah. to me. So you got there and you were like, I guess I just ring my driver up. <laughs> well, uh, well, when I got there, <laughs> that was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> See, I'm I'm not always the. Uh... <laughs> Where's my driver? <laughs> Come on, I'm not always the best prepared person. I'm a little bit sometimes naive with things and a little bit sort of like happy go lucky. I say, I guess, to sort of yeah, be all right, be fine. I think we're very similar. <laughs> be fine. So um, it it was all organised. I mean, fortunately, a lot of it was organised by the company that I was, I was going to work for. I had a phone interview, secured the job, and all the rest of it. Um, they arranged the flights. Uh, I took my bike with me. 
Because of no driver, I would imagine. No, because I thought, uh, I've always taken my bike everywhere I go with me because it's uh, something I enjoy doing. <clears throat> I think I think it cost me like 500 quid to take my bike. Yeah, bikes, I, yeah. I was about to ask you, what? what is so I didn't, I didn't plan like booking it in. I just thought, oh, I'll just pay for it. And then the company that I work for, they'll be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't, <laughs> they said, no, we, we pay for the flights. We can't pay for the uh, bike too. And you're like, well, it's all right. I've had my, yeah, my driver's too. fine. <laughs> Put it in the boot. <laughs> so like, yeah, I was quite sort of naive a little bit going out there. And um, some of my friends said, oh, you best take a towel and some stuff with you. Like I took clothes, obviously. Um, but I just <laughs> in your pants at the airport, yeah. waving for a driver. Driver, clothes, please. <laughs> <laughs> driver, get me some clothes. <laughs> I'd like a lovely new suit. <laughs> uh, so obviously I had clothes, but I took. Uh, someone said you better take some towels. I'm like towels? What do you mean? Well, all right, I'll take some towels. Good job I did take some towels because uh, the apartment I had was bought bar a bed was unfurnished and no sheets for a while. I slept underneath my towel. <laughs> Fortunately, it's warm in India, but even then, it's nice to have something to pull over you so the mosquitoes can't bite your ass. Hi, James, your mum. Hi, James, yeah. how's it going? You having a good time? No. <laughs> no, it's horrible. But I think I was I was fine. I was okay with a lot of things because it was such this new... I mean, things like like living anywhere, living in London, there's things that, that, that yeah. really irritate you. Um, and that's the difference between going on holiday and living somewhere. Holidays are a lot of fun. Uh, living places is good and bad all mixed together. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, initially it was just so sort of brand new <laughs> and just like nowhere I'd ever been before. It was just like just wide eyed and. Yeah, like, I guess I'll go to a pub. Yeah. And, oh, no, and, I'll go to the news. Eight. No. Uh, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, I mean, I, that, that excitement of being somewhere and really having to sort of think for yourself and like, it's just me now. This is. I actually quite enjoyed that aspect. Um, and like, unfortunately, I think I wouldn't have gone um, if the the English wasn't spoken quite a lot Yeah. Um, by most people. Everyone has some degree of English, so you can communicate with pretty much everybody. Um, <clears throat> but you're happy that you went then? It's like a, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Posi- positive memory. Yeah, it was, it's, I mean, like I say, living somewhere is good and bad. But yeah, it's it's it was overall a, a very worthwhile experience. It definitely taught taught me a lot, kind of about myself and just sort of people are just like I said, just people are just people, really. And games like you know working computer games and stuff. Did that? I mean, I'm not just being judgy, but is India a particularly large game capital? <laughs> no, um, probably more so now. But at the time, it was. The walls falling. Apart. <laughs> I thought someone was coming My in. Dodgy there. recording studio. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, at the time when I imagine it's probably still to to a degree still still the same. It's very much more an outsourcing location for computer mm-hmm. game stuff. So, as computer games in general has grown as an industry, uh, and the expense to make a game has also grown, mm. then it's meant that that the industry has sort of pushed its boundaries of wanting to get people in business, want to get things done cheaper to make the cost of that product cheaper so they can make bigger profits. Well, we've, we, I mean, we here, like when we're doing these big projects, we had an Indian CAD company, we had a Vietnamese CAD mm. company. And then I found out things like Family Guy, the, the animation's done in India or Vietnam. Yep, yep. Uh, a lot of, um, apart from perhaps some of the, like Pixar, 
they all do. I'd be surprised if they outsource any of that. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of animation. It more, I guess, the the bigger uh, films that you would see, they'd be done in in, in America mm. or wherever the main location is for that particular type of film and industry. Um, but the the more D, to, straight to DVD type releases, yeah. they they would definitely be shipped to like India or Vietnam or or kind of like crazy, China or. I guess with computer games, if you've got something with a lot, like a hell of a lot of repetition, you know, like every every level is just like a variation on the one before. I'm trying to like, I'm, I think football's perfect. You got like 500 yeah. players to model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, at the if they were to do something like what I was doing at Sony now um, today, then yeah, the vast majority of that work would be just shipped out to, to to some other country that could do it for cheaper and still to the same sort of standard. Really, that's crazy. And then and then what you decided? How long are you in there for? Um, Give or take, on and off. <laughs> Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Found out a lot about myself. <laughs> um, I, almost two years, give or take. I, it wasn't oh. two years straight. I had to, because I changed companies when I was there. Uh, the, the, com- the main company that I went to work for, uh, the, they, uh, at the time, I was there for six months. It was a year's contract. I was there for around about six months, and this was in 2008. And at that six-month point was when the whole global economy well for at least the western world took a bit of a dive yeah things weren't quite as uh, solid as people thought they were were we for- you forget what a rough time that was to find try and find a job mm. at that time i was fine yeah In- <laughs> india's not so bad not so bad uh the uh the company that i work for they decided to get rid of me they called me to the office and said uh we we'd, we'd like to keep you keep you um but uh for half your salary <laughs> uh, that's along with your driver I was like yeah along with the driver we didn't give you um, I was like mm, that's fine I'll leave yeah can you can you do that in England what's that uh, James we're not going to fire you yeah. uh, we're just going to keep you on at half your salary and you're like uh, that sounds like you're firing <laughs> me <laughs> I'm not sure you could do it quite as easily in in, in the UK um, but I I'd, I'd made a lot of good friends out there and I made kind of contacts and the the the, the industry was quite buzzing the games industry, really? yeah, it, there, it was it's probably still is quite a growing industry. They've they they kind of were starting to go from purely outsourcing to making their own IP, yeah. making their own, own games or films or whatever. Um, so I'd I'd made some contacts out there and I got a job a week later. Um, but it it means when you change a job, if you're going to another country, it's a bit. It's, bit of an ass really you've got to come back and get a new visa uh, yeah, you can't course. just like oh, get a new visa just post my passport back to you guys and then you just post it back to me and yeah fine no problem no you can't you have to come back and then you got to apply for the thing oh it's all shit it is yeah, it's annoying and then what so then you came back to boston then no so then i, I when i lost my first job at india came back got i got a new job in india but i had to come back and get a new visa to then go back out and work for this other company um, and then I worked for, I think the company was called Game Shastra. I worked for them for six, seven months. Then um, one of the uh, uh, guys that I worked with, um, he was starting his own company in India. In, in India. Yeah. And the guy that he originally wanted to, so he was a programmer, a guy called Jim, and he had his friend Josh, who we all worked for Game Shastra. Uh, was an artist, and they were kind of going to set up this company in India, uh, like a game studio. He, they had a bit of a falling out, 
<laughs> and Josh didn't really enjoy living in India, so left. So he was this the 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 company had they got funding and all the rest of it. So it was going down the road of kind of getting somewhere. And he kind of Jim approached me and went, uh, "Would you be interested?" And I was like, mm, "I'm kind of thinking about leaving India." He's like, uh, "What if we offer you this much money?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> Then I will stay. Obviously, <laughs> you persuaded me. I'm going to stay. Um, but I, it was like it was. It was a no risk thing for me. I didn't yeah. have to invest any of my own money. The only thing I had to, to invest is my time. Do you know what I find really interesting? Is like I, you know, you you like the majority of the time you work for a big company, right? Mm. You you know, like in to me, I feel like uh, where's well, a big decision. Uh, I guess these guys know what they're doing. They're a big company, mm. so I work for them. But the idea of like, if one of my mates said, oh, I've just started a company, do you want to come work for me? I'd be a little bit like, uh, I don't know if you're 100% sure of what you're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do I want to, like, to me, that seems like a big risk. But then if you're in India already and you're between jobs, I guess you're like, well, it's exciting. But like, I just, the mindset, I guess in computer games, it's much more boom and bust computer games, right? It like is a little bit, yeah. It is a, it is quite a boom and bust sort of industry. You can, just because as a studio you make one successful game doesn't mean that the next game you make is going to be successful because you're making a brand new thing every time which have its own little complications and yeah. own problems you've got to figure out. And although you will have learned some lessons from the previous game you made, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that all of those lessons you learned from the previous one you can apply directly to the next one. It could be something completely different. And you're kind of, if you're doing like biggish games you're kind of gambling the house are like you're going all in on every single game because there's no almost yeah if yeah, you're, if you're putting like gamble yeah. like six months of work in assuming that when the game comes out you'll make the money back yeah and it doesn't do very well you've then got to rapidly try and make another game to cover the losses of the first one and make more money you're like yeah okay well let's be super creative this time let's not mess around let's <laughs> like let's double down <laughs> yeah i mean on on that side of of of, of the games industry it's it's quite a stressful mm. position to be in because it's although you can grow the company it is a little there is there is an element of boom and bust <clears throat> you are investing a lot in the potential of this next product it's not like yeah. you're iterating it like a lot of it, uh, or how i see a lot of industry um you're iterating on a product mm. like apple they're just iterating on a product it's not like right we made the iphone now we're going to go and make Oh, they are going into cars, but now we're yeah. going to make a car. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put we all our stock. We don't know anything about it, but we're yeah. going to go and make a car. Yeah, it's got some sort of technology. We'll put the phone in it, so yeah. it's kind of like the stuff we've done before. Um, so it's 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 very much a new thing each time. So yeah, it's quite a challenge. Because I was just, I mean, you've just made me think. Like, we're designing a skyscraper, mm. uh, but we're not designing a new way of living. Yeah, in a very tall building, it's yeah. essentially an iteration of hundreds and thousands of skyscrapers come before. But if you think of all the little steps that you make money, they're like every single work stage you make money, and at the end of the day, you're designing a building that other consultants feed into. Whereas in a computer game, you're kind of in just new territory. You mm. know, like yeah, Surgeon Simulator, perfect example. You're like, this will be fun, and then you make a game. Oh, let's see if my bosses like it. They do. Oh, we're going to sell it. Mm. And now you've done what two million copies or something ridiculous? Yeah, I think it's saying it's sold over uh, over two million copies now. I don't know what it is now, but it's it's over two million. Yeah, yeah, ninety-three percent is... uh, review rating on Steam. If I'm not correct, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah. very that's, well. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well researched. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad. <laughs> but I can like. Do you um, uh, 
like that's like a massive amount of games. Like, is it, what's what's a normal game make? Like, what does a normal boss game make? Is is this? Is oh, this in terms a, of uh, units sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like is this massive <coughs> for them? Uh, yeah, yeah. For for Bossa, it's been um, sort of commercially successful. It's been their most successful product to date, which is, huh. which is pretty cool. I mean, for me and the guys that worked on it, it's pretty cool. And obviously, the rest of the studio have also put a lot of hard work into that because it went from just being this thing me and four guys did on a weekend to something the four of us um, were allowed or kind of given permission to make it in, in effect yeah. or given the more the time, I'd say, rather than permission to, to make this because it also took a risk. It was not what they wanted to do. Well, not, not what they were the kind of their, their outlook at the time mm. when we made, and it was when we made Surgeon, um, Facebook, um, boss were more about sort of the uh, mobile games. Yeah, yeah. That, that sort of direction. Um, PC wasn't really something that they were necessarily sort of gunning towards. Yeah. I'm not saying they would weren't <clears throat> were ruling it out, but it was something they perhaps weren't going towards. And it was this this jokey sort of game. Yeah. That, um, mm. it, it obviously had a lot of interest on on YouTube and stuff. It yeah. had a lot of views from the initial Game Jam version. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a risk for them. But I think if you... Because to me, when I saw the game, I was like, it doesn't look like any of the games I've seen. I think the majority mm. of games are like... If you look at an iPhone, for example, they're gorgeous. But a lot of them are exactly the same. In fact, mm. some of them are so dumbed down now. Like Rayman. Or I can't remember if that's the exact name, but it's like a platforming game. It's, yeah. it's stunning. Like It's yeah, amazing yeah, it's to look at. Lovely, yeah. But it's lit- it does auto-run and all you do is press jump. And that... But... It's like it's so boring. Like yeah. I got it because it looked gorgeous, and yeah, I spent yeah, like yeah. six months or whatever it is. <laughs> and then, I, and then I got what was the other one I was telling you about, like Lumion or like Lum- Lumios or something. It was like a gorgeous game. I think someone had built a model, and you had a oh CG yeah yeah character. yeah. Oh, it looks brilliant. Yeah, I bought it for Steam and oh, yeah. off Steam and um, yeah, it's 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 made with three real three D yeah, yeah. actual things. And I and saw like, the oh, making of really it, and I was like, wow, yeah. what an amazing idea. And then I got so pissed off with it because you're like clicking everywhere. Yeah, it's boring. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, no, I, want, I wanted to control the character. I yeah. want it to be like, but no. And then the and then I saw Surgeon Simulator and I was like, I didn't know Steam did games like that. Because to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more of a kind of play for half an hour or like it's it's like fast fun. Who's like, Surgeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a fun game and yeah. it's like it, the it's, physics are I guess I guess so. you could consider it a little bit as a, a party game. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's yeah. the sort of thing perhaps you'd get like a couple of people around and and you'd all have a bit of fun playing it and laugh at each other playing it. I guess yeah. you'd consider it more of that than like, I mean, some people probably do play it very seriously and yeah. want to get good at it, like anything. People can take anything seriously. Um, but yeah, it's more of a fun. But I didn't know like the PC world was catering because Steam is PC, right? If yeah. people don't know like Steam's the iStore of like the Apple store of PC. Right? Effectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it kind of, I kind of makes me sort of, sort of smile a little bit and laugh. I think um, there was a time not so long ago. I think when when mobile was taking off. I mean, mobile was still big, but when mobile was taking off, taking off, just on when Facebook had sort of reached its peak of games, and then obviously Facebook decided they don't want to do games anymore, yeah. and that kind of died. Um, but there was there was sort of lots of articles saying, "No, the PC's dead. PC market's dead." Yeah. Um, no one does PC anymore. I mean, fair enough. Perhaps the the sales of the hardware aren't as big, but um, lots of people still have a PC. Mm. Uh, and I think now now the PC market's even 
picking back up again or has been picking up for a little while. And I think uh, with Surgeon, we'd sort of, we kind of s- struck into that kind of market. But again, all the thing, all the tools, the free tools, the YouTube, I mean, I guess the same with the podcast. I don't pay for anything. Mm. And it's like, got like, because of the ACAST format and iTunes got like a worldwide, you know, people in like Kazakhstan have downloaded <laughs> the podcast. Mm. And like, you know, that's all free. Like, mm. it's mental. And like, the idea that, you know, like you make a decent amount of money off like a game, you know, I'm obviously it's a huge amount of work, but it's kind of, cause I remember coming around to yours and you, I'm just like changing subjects a little bit, but you, you, you were designing your flat in a computer game software. Uh, yeah, effectively. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean the software Maya has used for more than just community computer games used heavily in the film industry. I think initially that's, was its main focus, the films industry, but yeah. as games got bigger and bigger and bigger, um, it's become more prevalent in, in, in that games industry. Because like, cause I remember at uni, like when you're doing rendering, you either use like Cinema 4D or Maya or you use Studio Max yeah, or yeah. you use All of V-Ray. <laughs> like a V-Ray V-Ray is popular for arti- uh, 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 architecture. Uh, I can't say the word. Architecture. <laughs> <laughs> it's that architecture, isn't it? Oh, no. And... Uh, but like, but I watched like some, certain people on my course, they were doing architecture, but they mm. were learning like professional grade, like film animation mm. software. And the stuff they did was absolutely amazing. And then they became architects. And I was like, I feel like you, you, you came in at the right point and you yeah. found the right path. And then you just took a f- total left turn. <laughs> and now they're like, you know, like designing, you know, small buildings. And they, they, that's not what they wanted to do. And they kind of yeah. got a bit lost. And like, I'm interviewing someone tomorrow for a, the podcast. They're from Factory 15 and they do, they started off as architecture students. And then the one guy's amazing at animation and did this uh, short film called Robots of Brixton. Okay. And it's like the riots of Brixton done, but he animated it all oh, himself. Wicked, yeah. And now he does their like, he's like their creative director and does all their like films and stuff with advertising and stuff. And I remember looking and going, I don't know how that's done. I don't, I don't know how I couldn't do one still image of a moving footage that you did. And I just think like, but I think I think there's a a, a really lovely crossover with a lot of mm. things nowadays. Like, like initially my focus was to get into films and TV, um, but I think now that, that that line between sort of films and TV and games and architecture because they all use similar sort yeah. of software now. A lot of it is at its heart 3D software rendered in different ways. Whether it's yeah. sort of pre-rendered stuff. Um, which is still probably more architectural or um, real-time stuff, which is still more games. Yeah. But even the crossover between uh, real-time rendering and pre-rendering, I think I think pre-rendering will have its space with film and TV for a long while yet. But um, real-time, it's gaining ground on architectural stuff yeah. and other industries because people want things quickly. They don't want to wait for... Because rendering stuff takes ages yeah it's ridiculous and even with a good computer it's still quite time because you need to set up all the lights and all the switches and oh, yeah oh, and i'll click that on oh, press the button and, oh, it's, why is it still dark why is it still, oh turn that light on yeah <laughs> uh and then like you've been working on it for a week and then like your boss comes over and goes it's too dark you yeah know, fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> click oh, global illumination why is it all pixelated oh, watch out. Oh, you put the wrong texture on the white. What do you mean? Yeah. It's white. It's bloody white. It's, you know, it's error. It's telling me texture's not there. 
Oh, what? Why'd you put a brick texture on his vertical? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Jesus Christ. This is, he wants to, he would do this. <laughs> I was thinking, like, because um, talking of Unreal, yeah. uh, I will wrap this up soon, I promise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're going to have the two hour mark. Really? <laughs> yeah. It only seems like 10 minutes. I know. We're having so much fun. And uh, <laughs> If you've managed to listen for this long, yeah. well done. I, well done, you. <laughs> if you're still listening, we can go for ages. No, no, they're like. Louisa, geez. you're probably the yeah, only person yeah. that's listened this far. <laughs> Tweet, for you. Yeah, we're still listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh and he's working on Unreal. Mm. And I went to uh another animation house uh called Unit Nine and they do a load of Unreal stuff. Mm. And it's Unreal. Yeah. I just had to get the joke. Yeah. Uh, well and done. but the, some of the stuff they're getting in VR is incredible. And then yeah. we we came back like buzzing. We'd seen like it's the future, man, with the Oculus Rift. <laughs> and we were like, uh, can we look to porn? No. Uh, and, and then, They've got that now. I, but this is what the guy yeah, said. He said the, the porn industry is pushing 5K VR. And I was like, no one needs to see something not in that, 5K. Not coming at you. Just... Wow. <laughs> Dodge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matrix. And he was like, um, so we got this amazing graphics card. We put the whole city in and we we're flying around London. And it was absolutely incredible. Mm. I bet that's cool. Yeah, and like, but the sense of scale, like, because because it's all three D, uh, like animated. Sorry, like in the CG environment, the Oculus Rift allows you to like tilt your head sideways, mm. and you can actually lean over stuff and like look down stuff. So like you're leaning forward, and the sense of losing your stomach is actually really impressive. Yeah, and it's got to the point now where the client would rather see an animation done quickly than you know, the beams coming through the window and the dust yeah. in the air. You're like, no, they just want to see it. No, I don't like it next. And you, and the speed at which we're doing stuff, it makes we, me think slightly you should just use computer game designers to do the early animations that we do because... Yeah, possibly. We're trying to sell a story, right? And like, we're just obsessing over how it, like the, how the details fit in and the client just wants to be sold an idea. But even, even then, I think that that story part is prevalent in games mm. and anything else i think if you, if you don't have a good story yeah something that people can buy into then people aren't going to be interested in it because the surgeon simulator you can just say people just get it straight away as a story like yeah. you're a surgeon like well there, there is a whole story to it there's the, the we had the characters and they have personalities i mean obviously it doesn't come through necessarily in the game itself when you play it the game is just like a, a modern day version of operation that we had probably yeah. when we were kids um <clears throat> But that's perfect. It requires no exposition, yeah. no tons of like, <laughs> yeah. like. There's no intro <laughs> sequence you have to watch. It's just like you're like you can you can look into it as much as you want. But, but yeah, I mean the the patient was called Bob, and the <laughs> the, um, the guy who's doing the operation was called Nigel, and he had a whole backstory. And Bob yeah. and Nigel, Bob and Nigel, yeah, Nigel. Late, late night. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel was basically a uh, he's not a proper surgeon, and not wearing any proper gloves. Oh, I like it. You've um, subconsciously yeah. made me think he's not <laughs> yeah. really very professional. Yeah, and his watch always falls off and lands in his stomach and stuff. Um, yeah, he was it was a guy that wanted to be a surgeon but never quite sort of made it and thought it was easy and he sort of went in and did these operations. And although you do kill the patient, the the, the, the uh, that's not what you that's not the, the, the goal of the game. The goal is to save the patient. Even though the way you're saving is by ripping out all his stomach or his, all his insides and <laughs> and then just putting a new heart and you go, good enough for me. <laughs> hence, hence why he's not a proper surgeon. He doesn't really know the intricacies, intricacies of the human body and how it really works. Heart, heart transplant, I do that. Get all that other stuff out. We don't need that. Heart, win, goal. <laughs> 
And you're like, I guess, you know, probably should put some of the stuff back in there. No. That's how you win. It's for losers. <laughs> you got more patience on the coming in. So, so okay. So you've done your surgeon simulator. Mm. Do you do, do you follow it up with surgeon simulator too? I know you've done a lot of add-ons and there's different ones. Yeah. But essentially after a while, it's, or have you just it's, gone, it's, it was a good ride? It's been discussed. Like, cause there's, there's quite a little bit of a fan, there's a fan base there and um, it's still, it still does sort of get interest and press and, and it's still sort of, obviously not nowhere near as popular as when it first came out and, and whatnot. Um, but there's still, it's still kind of ticking along uh, and still has interest with people. Do you have um, like metrics to tell you like how many downloads a day or whatever? Yeah, yeah, we have all that. I, I, that's not part of what I do, but yeah, we have all of that information. Um, yeah, I mean, just sort of as a, as a side, that kind of information. Um, a lot of games nowadays can tell what that player's doing. So when you play a game, you can, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but you can put lots of th metrics in the game. So you can tell when a player's reached certain levels, when they've done this, how they've done that kind of thing, how many things they've collected to get an idea of how no people, way. people play. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, 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 I guess you could call the science behind how people play. That makes a lot of sense though. I mean, cause that's how, that's how, um, mobile games, some of the best ones, they they tweak based on what the players do. They tweak things just so much and just minutely. They're things like um, Candy Crush. Like, yeah, they just tweak that until like they get that point where people just keep playing a little bit more. I hate that game <laughs> because I've seen so many people play it and I don't understand as a game how it works. Like I've played it for like an hour and like I don't, I still don't get mm. how it works. Like <laughs> I still don't understand it. And I was talking to a guy at a wedding who worked on it, and uh, <coughs> he was saying that the, the the way they manipulate you with the colours and the sounds, mm. the and it's yeah, like a lot of science behind it. Yeah, it's it's like really interesting. It's like, it's like it's almost like the science of addiction. Yeah, it's like how can yeah. we make this thing like not bad addiction? Like they'll go and steal stuff, but in, enough that once you start playing, mm. you keep playing. Not that you can't put it down, and I mean, some people are probably like proper addicted to it. Um, but for most people, I think it's like it's that. Oh, just a bit of, just one more go, one more, one more go, go, one more go. Go on, I'll, I'll put put another quid in. Go on, put, put the crack down. Oh, one more go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Candy Crush. I cracked nothing. So, so is the principle of designing a game to make people enjoy it or want them to play it again? Is like the fundamental principle. It's like to have the best experience ever, or to just I keep think each coming back. Game would have its own thing, but I guess at its core, yeah, at its core, you want people to enjoy that game. Yeah, you want people to have a good experience, and often that experience more nowadays is to make them come back, because a lot of games now are more, I guess, what you could consider a service. Yeah, in that, like when I was a kid, a game was. You buy that game, you play it till either you just can't get any further, yeah. or you complete it. That's and there's it. still there's still a lot of games like that. Um, certain simulators like that, you play it, and you can play it again and again and again if you want to. Yeah, it, some games are more kind of less linear in the sense of you just complete these things and you perhaps don't go back again. Um, but a lot of games now are more kind of open world and services. Uh, the game, a game we're working on at the moment called uh, World Adrift, that is very much like it's going to be like that. Um, and it's, I watched the trailer. It looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does look does look wicked. Um, but that's it's more open world. It's 
um, a game where players can make their own game. So it's it's almost it's not quite like living in another world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's players have the freedom to do what they want. I can I think um, Minecraft has been one of the main ones that have God, yeah. it's massive um, that have sort of not changed. There was games that you could do that before, but it's made that kind of opened up that kind of yeah. side of gaming where people can really kind of do what they want. So it's Worlds of Drift is more of a sandbox type of game where players can really decide what they want to do. Well, I guess like uh, the first Half-Life game that came out, the the uh, game engine for that, I guess, is like the world's most complicated version of Minecraft because they gave out the development kit for mm. it for free, didn't they? So people just kept buying the game to get the development kit to build Counter-Strike was like the most famous example, right? Mm. But that's like, I guess that's how you keep players coming back, right? Yeah, you want, I mean, nowadays, um, to make a really successful game, you want people to come back. You want people to form communities, which is something what we, we want with Worlds of Drift. We want people to form communities to because part of the the game is it's based based in this sort of fantasy world where um <clears throat> it was perhaps a world similar to our own um and then something happened and the world sort of started to fall apart so now all that left is floating parts of this world so it's it's that that kind of old idea of skyships floating around on floating islands nice. um <clears throat> and so what what you kind of have to do is when you start off as a player you're kind of you start off um on an island say and you have to kind of so there's a bit of a survival aspect to it. So you have to collect your own uh, collect resources to 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 build a ship to then kind of get off the island and f- find other players, other people, uh, and then go to other islands and explore those islands. But when you explore and collect resources on their, uh, those islands, you can then collect uh, make a bigger ship and get engines and and other such things. And then you can make friends and make a crew. So is this all online then the game? This will all be online, yeah. Um, and then once you have a crew, then you can go to battle with other crews, collect their resources, and it's this like constant no sort of perpetual sort of world where, um, because it's all sort of physics driven, um, and there's one of the new things that we have uh, that that we're gonna or it's not really done that much is a persistence. So if uh, I knock over that bottle in front of me. It stays like it is. Not, not games don't really do that nowadays. So the whole world is like a living, breathing world. Wow. So what you do will stay there, and someone else. So if you die or you're attacked and your ship falls apart, someone else could go and salvage those things later on. That's such a cool game. Mechanic, yeah. Though, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it's. It's that uh, sounds complicated. It is a hugely complicated. Yeah. It's uh, the 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 tech people are very stressed with some of the things they have to work on. Um, but they're excited at the same time. It's, yeah, I guess it's a big like undertaking. A, there's a balance of like what is a great idea mm. and what is technically achievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're, we're trying I, to do that balance. I've always been dreaming of a game where you can just get a minigun and mow down a building. You know, like the, the destructible mm. building is so advanced, but they were saying the physics to actually make a building collapse properly in, is in a, in a yeah in a real way yeah, yeah you can yeah. do it but it's yeah not in real life, it's like pre-scripted or you know like yeah i mean you still have some physics there but to like um not in the sort of sense pre-scripted way but still you hit that ball it reacts and does some things but yeah it, i guess to actually destroy a real building or a building in a very realistic way would be a bit tough but right. it'll get there it'll get there and when's that is that game out now no it's not out yet um at the moment uh, it's. I think we we've had like a, a sort of alpha type releases. Um, we're kind of working more towards sort of beta releases and further on. So it'll be kind of an, a, what they call early access game, where kind of people will be able to play it for 
um, in its sort of raw state. How do you how do you feel about like beta testing and alpha testing? Because people then find out every part of the game, right? Is it like you're only showing it to like one percent of the audience, so it's fine? But so then, we, we're like, the idea of surprising people. Yeah, like well, all the people who are really super keen about it know it. They know all the problems with it. It's 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 the like with World Adrift, uh, we very very much embraced uh, open development. So we where we are, we kind of show the community everything that we're doing. We don't really hold back much. Um, and so you kind of, it, it has its own challenges. You've got to keep trying to surprise them, yeah. show them new stuff. But a lot of the time it's, I think what, you, what you're doing is you're building up this engaged fan base that feels like they have ownership of, of what you're making mm. and, and then they buy into this thing and, and it's like part of their, their hobby or their life or whatever. So it's, it's, it's I think it's that nice thing that it feels like it's theirs as well, rather than you just made this thing and you're selling it and you want to get money out of them. Mm. You don't, obviously money is a part of it. We can't work for free. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's more than just that. It's this community aspect and then buying into it and being part of like, yeah, I, 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 I kind of supplied an idea and not, we can't take everybody's ideas, but if it's a yeah. good one, we might incorporate that into the, to the, to the, to the game or like the feedback that you get for something. So, say you're designing a creature, you'll put the concepts out and then kind of if if the if the if the fan base love it, if the community love it, you go, Yeah, we'll put this creature in. So you can test the water a little bit of That's what really, you think what you think might work. I've not really thought of it like that. <clears throat> Actually when you say it like that, I kind of yeah, I get like you're drumming up interest, and I guess inevitably you are making the game better, aren't you? I mean, it's that's, like, that's ultimately the goal. Like w- with with sort of community input and community kind of like backing, you, you're hoping to to make the game better. It's that it's that whole um, uh, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding yeah. type of thing. It's also uh, like I think like Deadpool as a film just sprung to my mind in the yeah. way that like the fans are so everyone felt a little bit like they'd helped because yeah. because of yeah, like yeah, it's you that know. buying into something that you want to see happen, and rather than just uh, having some salesperson or some yeah. mar- just just purely being marketed to you. I think we're pretty like as consumers, we're pretty savvy with like yeah. just being. I'm just being sold something now. I'm, be, yeah. I'm being so so showed pretty images. Yeah. Like everyone knows, they're kind of you're just kind of quite like you you're quite susceptible to beautiful imagery. Mm. And you see a few trailers, and you're like, yeah. And then the reviews pour in, they're terrible, and you're like, okay, fair enough. But if it's like a community driven one, you're like a little bit more. Yeah. Well, let's see what they've done. Yeah. I think I think there's also the. Um, the that that I found this because mm. obviously with anything it has a certain amount of marketing to it, so people will find it because you've got to sort of shout about a bit to make yeah. sure people find your thing because everyone's shouting about something that they made because um, <laughs> <laughs> people have made lots of things yeah. and you got to sort of rise above that. But it's yeah, it's people. I think it's that nice that nicety that oh I found this as part of something I. And also, if you've seen it in <coughs> one millisecond on advert or you've seen a two minute trailer. Like, I, I do feel terrible. Like, say you've put in a year of development time, thousands and thousands of hours. Someone plays in it. Shit, don't like it. Next game. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, <laughs> hey, just, just yeah, play yeah. it for a bit longer. Like, yeah. if you can just get half an hour of someone's attention, that's actually quite, like... Uh, nowadays, yeah. My patience is, like, so short with games. Like, I felt terrible that I'd seen the guy who did the Lumius game, whatever it's called. <laughs> I'd watched the making of, and I played it for 10 minutes and just haven't just deleted it straight away. I was like, I'm not going to play this anymore. And I was like, oh, I, he's, there's maybe something amazing at the end because yeah. games get... Potentially, this supposed to get better as you go on, right? Yeah. Like Gran Turismo, you're in a Suzuki, whatever it is in the first game, and then by the end, you're in Form Non Cup. Yeah. Right. 
It's been a really, really long podcast. <laughs> it has. And yeah. I have one last question. Sure. Talk to me about VR. VR. Yeah. Very exciting. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> Tell me about VR. <laughs> Very real. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. It's like real life. It's based limited. Yeah, it's like they could do porn in it and everything. It's just be like everyone living there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not creepy at all. I tell you, it's not creepy. <laughs> oh, God. Come around uh, my gaff and I'll show you. Now, in my head, okay, going to the porn thing VR, when you get caught by your parents at some point with a laptop in front of you, that's one level of embarrassment. Yeah. You get caught with a headset on. And you you'll never know. know. You'll never you'll know. You'll never know. <laughs> There'll be no embarrassment at all because your parent will come into the room. <laughs> you'll be naked except for VR. Yeah. And they'll like. And they'll be like. They'll be like. Mm, yeah. They'll that'll be on your face. Going out the wedding. <laughs> the wedding speech. That's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag dirty son. Yeah. Look what he's doing. Because I saw the surgeon simulators. I saw something in like the new HTC Valve or whatever it's called. Yeah. Their VR thing. So we had surgeon on VR fairly early on. We had. Um, I think it was one of the first sort of early releases of of, of Oculus um, <clears throat> when they were like dev dev mm. kit release. Uh, because I think one of the first sort of gaming shows we had, I think it was Res, it was called, and we had we had it working on there. Um, not quite as polished as the versions that you have now. Um, we yeah we now have uh, an alien autopsy version, and then recently we just did a TF2 version mm, that, was what I saw, that, came, yeah. that came out recently. Um, but it lends itself; it, it naturally lends itself yeah. pretty well to VR in that you are the person doing the operation and, and it, it, it uh, overcomes just by luck really the nature some some of the difficulties you get with VR which is um, everyone I think most people will expect with VR to put on the kit and go and play Call of Duty and run around in first person yeah, and just feel like they're in a war zone shooting people um, unfortunately it doesn't work out quite like that because your brain and body don't quite like something different happening to what they're seeing when their body's not doing yeah. that same thing. So it's like being seasick. Your body's feeling one thing and your brain is telling you another thing and it goes, oh, hang yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, make, it, it, I guess cause it when makes you nauseous. When you're playing a first-person shooter, actually quite a lot of your peripheral vision is a, is a static room. The monitor's static. Mm. The second you just wrap the screen around your eyes, yeah. you get motion sickness so quickly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's that thing. Your body's, you're sat down and your visual senses are being told that you're running around because it does feel like you're yeah, there amazing. in that world. Um, so, yeah, it's very strange. Uh, some games that I've played work for racing games work pretty well mm, because you're seat, your yeah. body and brain are being told oh, similar things. Yeah. I'm sat down, I'm sat down. If you do a drift, it can be a bit weird because yeah. you've not drifted in the real world, but in the virtual world you drifted. But VR, yeah, it's pretty exciting. There's lots of, lot of big players investing lots yeah. of money in it. I think, um, I think Sony's going to win out first of all. Just because of the infrastructure of the PS4. Infrastructure. Right? Their design's a bit cooler. Yeah. Don't look quite as much of an idiot. Um, and mainly their infrastructure. I guess the one thing that the VR misses is like when you're playing Surgeon Simulator and people are watching, that's part of the fun, isn't it? Mm. So I guess because no one can actually see what you're looking at, you're just an idiot waving your hands around with, with, with the <laughs> yeah, headset yeah, on. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> 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 this is amazing. <laughs> look at this. 
So I guess once you've worked out, I guess if you have a screen as well, you know, at least people can see. Yeah, you can you can seeing. do the dual, dual screen thing where what you see is on the normal screen is what they're seeing in the VR kit. Ah, okay, fair enough. And you can set it up to do that. Um, so you can kind of laugh at people doing things. But VR, yeah, it's going to be, I think there's so much invested in it that although it has got problems or issues that need to be overcome, such as the nausea thing, yeah, uh, I think as it as it gets more technically better and that relationship between the sensors detecting your movement gets more refined as computer hardware gets more powerful because mm. that also has an impact on um, your the kind of perception of sort of nausea. Uh, if I think it needs to be sort of a minimum, minimum of about 90 frames per second. 90? 90. Who has a computer that can give 90 frames per <laughs> second? This is the worst <laughs> graphics ever. Uh, yeah, because if the frame rate's... I mean, you can go lower than that, but the, the, apparently the, the the requirement is about 90 frames a second. A that second. makes sense, because we, like, we had a fairly decent computer mm. here with Unreal uh, and the Oculus Rift, and it was really jumpy, and then we spent 500 quid on a graphics card, <laughs> and then it was silky <laughs> smooth. Yeah, yeah you need, in VR you need it. Um, <clears throat> but, it's, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big. I think the types of games we will see will have to play on its strengths. Yeah. I think although there will be first person type games mm. um because traditional first person controls do make you feel a bit queasy. Mm. The 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 control systems will be different, but personally I think initially the the it'll be it'll lend itself well to more sort of playful and fun games where you don't necessarily have to Unless it's the Vive, because the Vive you can walk around the room. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> whereas Oculus is more seated, seated, um, and I think the same with the Sony. Or I may be wrong, um, but it, it'll play on that a bit more. I think because I because we had one which was a snow scene, mm. and you didn't move, but the snow was so real, and that you're in like a dark forest. Mm. It was incredible. Like, and I think if you had headphones on, yeah. If something scary ran at me out of that forest, I would actually crap myself. Like the, it was you can so get some, real. I've never, I've not played them yet, but there's a few horror games you can get, and I bet they're, oh, they're brilliant. That unit, and the unit nine time. guy who worked for the VR department, he sh like I said, oh, have you seen the one where he's like, there's this witch, and he's like going down this like subway tunnel. It's dark, and this little girl's like climbing along the ceiling. It <laughs> jumps at the face, mm. and the guy goes, oh, and can't rip the thing off his face quick enough. <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah, that was us, that was us, and I'm like. I hate you. I hate you yeah. so much for doing that to someone because I'm terrible with scary films. <laughs> right. And on that note, James, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> well, there you go. That was episode 18 uh, with James Broadley from Bossa Studios. Um, wow. I'd love to know how many people started this podcast and now how many people are still listening. Uh, if you are, Come on, that was really good fun, wasn't it? Mm, it was funny. Come on. Uh, and if you did, oh yeah, go on Twitter, uh, create more PCAST on Twitter. And if you could tweet, you know, hashtag I made it to the end, uh, I'd be, be very happy. Come on. It was brilliant. Um, I had so much fun recording that. And I I, I genuinely, uh, I start, I'm really thinking there's, there's just this convergence of technology and and software and computer game design and architectural design and 
uh, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, to me, uh, around this, like, this creative area, I think a lot of people can sidestep from one industry to another. I mean, you know, hearing James talk about, you know, concept art for a computer game, but, he, you know, he could just as easily, you know, sidestep into films or... Uh, so, yeah, I think... And architecturally, uh, you know, I, I he'd, he'd modelled up his house, uh, his flat, to do an extension and modelled it all and had done renders and, you know, he works in computer games and that is exactly what I do at an architecture practice. Um, and his renders were way better than mine uh, and he's not even an architect. So it's, you know, it just makes me question that, you know, being locked to one industry, it, it seems... Seems odd, and that really nicely leads on to who is on next week's next fortnight's podcast. Seamless segue there is that um, it's Kibway from Factory Fifteen, and uh, they they also do architectural visualizations. But uh, Kibway um, he also does films, and he's getting into directing. So he did like animations at the the, the Bartlett, um, which is an uh, architectural university. Uh, and then that was five years ago and now he's doing short films you know he's got like Hollywood actors in these films and Factory 15 his company do a lot of the visualizations and the special effects Uh, and yeah I mean you know I I was looking at some of James's kind of stuff on on the internet and uh, you know just the visual the visuals are very strong and then I looked at Factory 15's website now and the visuals are stunning and it's kind of I think that's what I'm drawn to Um, uh, someone asked me why do I choose the why am I getting excited about computer games? Uh, you know, like uh, and music videos, I love, um, and and renderings and creative storytelling. I always say, but I think more. I think what it is is I, I li- um I like the ability to surprise people. You know, uh, that's what I think is amazing about cinema is you can take people into a room, sit them down in a dark room. You have their undivided attention, and then the visuals they see. Uh, are a total surprise and you can play with that and the kind of joy at, um, in, in not kind of manipulating how people inter- in, in, are watching it and I love it I think it's amazing and I think the same thing with the with the computer games is that you know you sit down and you have their attention and then um, like the Surgeon Simulator just watching people play it is almost as amusing as playing it yourself uh, uh, so I really like that and I, I think it's one of the things that I, I kind of struggle with in architecture is that you know a five year long project people see every part of it as it's going up there's, there's no surprise um, until the very first document moves in and I, I think I understand why movie stars go into theatre uh, it's to kind of have that immediacy you know that kind of uh, I guess for James watching people laugh whilst Surgeon Simulator was on is like an amazing feeling and, and same with Kibway um, he's done this absolutely incredible Guinness advert for, for Africa. Apparently, it's like their biggest, it's their biggest market. Is is like he, so he films it in Ghana and it's um it's called Are You Alive and it's on Vimeo under their Factory Fifteen uh, channel. And the energy in that is unbelievable, and the color and everything, and the music is brilliant. And it's kind of he's like definitely like a, a person to watch in the next couple of years because. He'll be amazing. So I really hope you enjoy that podcast and you should definitely tune in and listen to Kibways, who's um, he almost did a music video for Katy Perry. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, uh, yeah, I, I, this has been brilliant. So thank you so much for listening and tune in next fortnight. Bye. <laughs> 